listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, and Fonz DeFalco. Quick reminder, you can watch our live broadcast tonight on Facebook Live on our Facebook page. Please subscribe to Review and Preview LIU. Uh, if you can't catch us tonight for the whole time, you can subscribe to our podcast on the Anchor at anchor.fm slash review and preview. That's our audio version. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Review and Preview. Quick rundown of what we're going to talk about tonight. It is Mock Draft Central here on Review and Preview. First, we're going to recap our stadium challenge, as you can see in the topic section on the left side, uploaded by Fonz. Thank you very much, Fonz. Uh, we're going to recap our stadium challenge. We'll talk about the NFL draft previewed a little bit. We'll get into the Ravens and then the New York Giants. We'll have Kyle Russo finish his punishment for the quick picks, talk about the New York Jets, uh, Minnesota Vikings, and Kansas City Chiefs. As you can see, our guest callers include Tommy the Mac McNamara, Gabe Flayton, and Paul Lombardi. Guys, welcome to this Friday night showdown. We're going head-to-head tonight, all out. Welcome. Great to What's be up, here. Tom? How you doing? All good? Are you guys ready? It's less than a week away. I've been counting down the months since football season has ended officially back in February. It's NFL draft time. And what better way than to do some mock drafts here on Review and Preview? I am so excited. Very excited. James, did you lose sleep over doing these mock drafts over the week? Now be honest. I, I did a little bit. I mean, there were some times that I was... Um... You know, up pretty late or up actually pretty early, uh, trying to get things, you know, ready. Um, also doing some quick reviewing through when I was trying to lay down and go to sleep. Be like, all right, I did that one. You know, just trying to keep track of everything. Yeah. Well, we all did a great job. Fonz, thank you for setting up some graphics for us. Uh, really appreciate it. Shout out to all our viewers. So let's recap our stadium challenge a little bit. So basically what we did over the past week on our social media, if you haven't caught it, we posted videos of our favorite stadium that we've ever been to and one stadium that we'd really like to go to in the future. Uh, this challenge uh, was started out by Kyle Russo. Kyle, talk about, uh, I know obviously Yankee Stadium is your favorite, but talk about the one that you want to go to next and why you chose it. Yeah, so uh, American Airlines Arena, home of the Miami Heat. I've never been fortunate enough to get down to Miami, see a home game, see my guys play on their home court, and it's something I've always wanted to do. You know, I'm a big Dwayne Wade fan. I unfortunately never got to see him play, and that really that hurt me, and I made a promise to myself that I needed to get down to Miami and see this great team that they've assembled um, as soon as sports gets back into play, which is hopefully very soon, and that's it's something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought that up because the Miami Heat, obviously, you're a big fan of them. I know you got to see them in Brooklyn this year, uh, either there or the Garden, right? You went no, to it was one of those, Brooklyn. Uh, it was venues. Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn. Yeah. They lost that game. Yeah, they decided the last <laughs> five minutes of the game, let's not put the ball in the uh, best shooter on the court at the time, uh, the ball in his hands. But it is what it is. They lost by a clutch shot to Karis LeVert. It happens. It happens. You hate to see it. You hate, hate to see it. Now, me, uh, for me, 
Um, if you couldn't tell, my favorite stadium is MetLife Stadium. Uh, a lot of people brought this up. Well, do you like this place just because you're a Giants fan? Well, obviously, that plays a big factor into it. But in my video, I talked about all the other venues it's hosted and how great of an arena it really is. Uh, you know, there's a lot to do. There's activities outside. There's a lot of tailgating. I really do. Um, I really do like this place. And it is, it's very accessible. It's close to home. Um, the stadium I want to go to next, uh, Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend, Indiana. I'm a huge Fighting Irish fan. Notre Dame, as you guys couldn't know. Love scouting their players, especially for these mock drafts that we did this week. Lifelong fan. Uh, Funs, you brought up some interesting ones. Yeah. Um, what I did was I said Mass Square Garden. Uh, basketball has been always my number one sport. Uh, every time I go there, my first game actually was against the then New Jersey Nets versus the Knicks. Uh, I think they won that game. A lot of times I've been to Knicks games, they kind of lost, which is, which is uh, unfortunate. But... It was a lot of fun. I love going to MSG, especially after they revamped it. It's nice. Uh, some other notable ones, I did say I like City Field, too, and then M&T Bank Stadium. But the one that I always wanted to go to was New Era Field, home of the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have been sort of my second favorite team. I just had a growing a passion for them, a fan of, of their team, because, you know, up at Bonaventure, they all love their Buffalo Bills. So I never got to a game. I would love to eventually go to one of those games because those fans are insane. I know you guys definitely seen those Bills fans going through tables and stuff. So... I'm not going to go through one. If I go there, I'll watch it. I'll film it. I'll get some good content for you guys for the future if we ever go to one. But, yeah, that, that's definitely one field I wanted to see down the line. Jason Glickman already throwing some heat at us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not the only stadium I've ever been to. But um, Giantropolitans, I don't even know if that's a word. If you look at the comment uh, uh, section you know of I our Facebook like, stream. I kind of like that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, Metropolitans, Giantropolitans. Oh, man, it's a mouthful, but it could work. Fonz, I actually saw some Bills fans at the One Guardians game. I did go to a MetLife. They are they are pretty nuts. Uh, actually, I have a question for you. Uh -oh. have you ever stormed the court up at Bonaventure? Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we stormed the court. We beat <laughs> the 16th ranked, I think it was either UMass or v, no, VCU. We stormed when we beat VCU in the regular season. Uh, Bonaventure fans will storm the court for anything. We stormed the court against Canisius because that's our uh, rival. I don't know if you guys have heard of Canisius. It's a school uh, yes. in Western New York also. Um they weren't very good. We beat them by a lot, but we still stormed the court for that, too. So, And also, a lot of the fans brought in snowballs and threw them at the Canisius fans. That was a uh... – <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys got to go to one day to go to a Bonaventure game at the Riley Center. Those fans – the students are crazy, and the fans are just as nuts. I've heard great things about it. I actually worked the Bonaventure game last year. All the students are there, regardless of when and what time of the year it is. Uh, James, you are next. So, as you guys know, on the live stream, I picked Chase Stadium as my favorite stadium, um, you know, uh, for stadium of MLB. I've been to my stadium I would love to go visit next is Dodger Stadium. Um, since the Dodgers were in New York at one time, then they did move um, all that history with them. Also, the fact that I just enjoy watching their games. I enjoy their stadium for whatever reason. Um, I don't know whether it may be just the layout, but that would be at least one of my next stadiums I would love to visit to. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, Dodger Stadium, obviously, with the old Brooklyn Dodgers and you having ties to Brooklyn, it makes sense. Dodgers definitely uh, a historic franchise out there. Uh, the great Vince Scully, former play-by-play -play guy, uh, right up the road from the Bronx. So yep. 
a lot of history between New York and those Dodgers. All right. So uh, Kyle Russo actually pitched an idea to us on our weekly meeting. Uh, we're going to try something new. We want to interact with you guys, the fans. Kyle Russo, tell us what that's about and what we're going to be doing. Yeah, so guys, like Tom just alluded to, we want to get more interaction with, with you guys. We saw a tremendous amount of viewership last week on our Facebook Live page on one of our, our, our first Skype show, which absolutely went fantastic, smooth. We had a ton of viewership, and we want your guys' input. We want your guys' opinion, especially with something as big as the mock draft, uh, the NFL draft coming up. We want your questions, and we want you guys to submit them, especially since it's next Thursday, starting next Thursday and going into Saturday. We would love to have your guys' question. So please, starting now, submit your questions into our Instagram page and our Facebook page, and we will make sure to address them next Friday. But you got to submit that content, guys. If your voices want to be heard, you got to submit your questions and start it right now. Bruce, so I actually want to piggyback off of that. Um, anybody that are friends with me, Tom and Fonz, that did share it on our page, you guys can direct message us as well individually. And we could also feed that to the rest of the other guys. Yeah. No, it's all going to be great. And we look forward to uh, getting more comfortable into that. So um, our first question was from my cousin from Oklahoma, John Unterweger. Will college football happen this season? So obviously with the pandemic, there's questions surrounding it. Um, here's how I'll answer this question. Um, I think it will possibly without fans. It's time to tell. You can't really judge four months uh, ahead of time, but preparation for college football does start now. So now all these coaches and scouts, are they're, they're having a lot of issues, guys, uh, as far as what you know the teams and players and athletes should be doing, as far not just as academics, trying to finish up spring classes online, and now trying to prepare for the upcoming fall season. It's basically their summer is gone. Uh, Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley brought up an interesting point. He says, let's wait until June 1st and reevaluate. So don't even think about it until then. Uh, Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly said his program needs to be up and running by July 1st. There's too much money at stake, and I think it will be played. The thing with, with me, uh, I definitely think you maybe wait because college football does have a, a, a little bit of ways as opposed to the other leagues. I've said this before on my podcast. I realistically, as sad as it sounds, I don't see sporting events with fans until 2021, the earliest. Um, I can definitely see this. I definitely see the football season starting up, uh, probably with no fans. As that's going to be very weird. But you know, I've seen it with the WrestleMania, and that was also kind of odd to see. But I definitely think the season will be back. I just the fans thing. It probably not until you know maybe. December 2020 or something, or maybe in the middle of the season. But if the week uh, one kickoff, I, I don't think fans will be there. But the season will be back, I think. All right. Thank you very much, John Unterweger, for your question. All right. So um, let's move on. Uh, so the 85th NFL draft will be happening next Thursday, April 23rd, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern daylight time. For those of you on the West Coast, it'll be starting at 5 uh, this is going to be very different. Obviously, it's going to be a virtual draft. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter actually reported that each team will be allowed one IT specialist. So that means two for Dave Gettleman uh, in the decision maker's <laughs> home. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the photo on Instagram, but oh, I saw. there was a picture of the Chargers GM with all the technology and Dave Gettleman with the pen and paper and typewriter. And that's why Kyle Russo was shaking his head because the Giants were trapped in 1990. 
that's the way they've always been. <laughs> and that's the way they're always probably going to be. Um, very old fashioned. I mean, I respect it. Old school organization. Uh, but anyway, all 32 teams will be connected via one video conference through a modified uh, Microsoft Teams application. Basically, basically, what that means is they'll have a separate broadband connection with members of the league office. So when they submit their pick, they'll be submitting them through that software. Um, yeah, so that's how the draft is going to go. Obviously, now there are concerns. There's been two players diagnosed with COVID-19, Rams O-lineman Brian Allen. And most recently, I think it was yesterday, Broncos uh, linebacker Von Miller. So there is some signs of concern as not just with college football resuming, but the NFL resuming as well. Um, Kyle, what's your uh, what's your take on this draft being virtual and the concerns surrounding it? I think that it's going to be very, very scary. I, I really do believe that. I, I could easily see, I know, Fonz, you uh, may not have been old enough, but you might remember this as a Ravens fan. I believe it was the Ravens back in the early 2000s where they weren't able to submit their uh, pick in on time. Oh, it was the Jimmy Smith pick. The, time the Jimmy Smith pick. The time expired. And I could easily see that happening with such a <laughs> shaky, unaware type of system never Gellin. used before. Oh, yeah. No, it's oh, because my. of Dave Gellin. That's... I don't know if I played the system. I think Dave Gellin. <laughs> yeah. It, listen, it, it may happen. And I think that's a very, very scary aspect, especially for teams. And not just Dave Gettleman, but anybody picking that high to potentially lose out on their traffic. I mean... The, some of these players, this is probably one of the deepest drafts that we've seen in a while when it comes to offensive linemen, uh, defensive players, receivers. I mean, this is a really stacked draft, and you lose out on a pick because of technology. It's going to be bad, and and not that I hope tough. to see not to not that I hope to see anything go wrong, but I mean, your mind can't help but think just based on what's happening in the world with all these video chats and hangouts and everything being hacked. I mean, what's to say the NFL can't be one of them? You hope not. But. Right. I completely agree. So we'll see how things are going to unfold this upcoming Thursday night, less than six days away at this point. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, the first team we're going to talk about tonight is the Baltimore Ravens. Fonz is Baltimore Ravens, um, the number one seed in the AFC from last season. They were 14 and two until they lost to the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round. And I say that very reluctantly because now, (laughs) since the season is over, all teams are back in the mix. Um, Just to preview this quick, the Ravens have nine picks in the draft, one comp pick, which will be in the third round. So without further ado, Fonz, I would like for you to reveal us your full seven-round mock draft for your Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so obviously we said last week, I said T. Higgins, the 28 overall, that would be a perfect fit. Uh, a good target for Lamar, a good red zone target. Uh, so much. Uh, we already explained that last week. Go to second round. I got him taking Lloyd Cushenberry, guard slash center at LSU. Uh, I, that's Since Marshall Yonda's gone, the center spot's a little bit shaky. I think it's a good way to start building that offensive line. The tackles with Orlando Brown and Ronnie Stanley's already solid enough to begin with, so it's good to start building on the interior line. Uh, I, the, excuse me, my second pick in the second round, uh, Josh uh, Uch, defensive end slash offensive outside linebacker, excuse me, from Michigan, the edge rusher. Uh, I know we have Matthew Jude on there, but I think we need some sort of like a rotational guy, could probably play some starts here. The Ravens like to run 
multiple pass rushers on different sets on the first down, third down, and whatnot. So he'd be a good fit there. Third round now, I haven't taken Zach Moss. I'm a huge Zach Moss fan from Utah. Big-bodied running back. I like Mark Ingram a lot, but I think with Gus Edwards gone, you kind of saw when Ingram was out with an injury, Lamar can't run the ball by himself. You need to have another extra running back in that backfield. So Zach Moss, big-bodied running back, played in Utah, so he's used to playing in the cold weather, so he'll be good over there, especially in December football. Their second third-round pick, I got them taking Julian Blackman, safety from Utah. Uh, They already have Deshaun Elliott and uh, Chuck Clark and Earl Thomas, but it's a good way to rotate in. Again, the Ravens like to run multiple personnel on the defense, so I think it's a good way to put him in there. He can maybe contribute on special teams early and eventually be that starting safety once Earl Thomas is retired down the line. Their fourth-round pick, I have him taking Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver. Also, potentially, they said he could play a little bit of quarterback, running back, the gadget player. I think John Harbaugh loves those types of players that are mobile, uh, co- that can be mobile quarterbacks, play a little receiver. So it'd be a good way to plug him in there. I think that's just that's just a kind of a fantasy pick for me. I think uh, John Harbaugh would love to have a player like that. Their second fourth round pick, I'm taking Trey Adams, offensive tackle from Washington. Uh, again, he's not going to start, but he's a good uh, backup role player guy. If a guy like Stanley or Brown gets hurt, you don't really they can't guarantee they're going to play all 16 games, all 100 percent of the snaps. You kind of want to have an extra guy and a stable guy like Adams back there. Fifth round, Ravens like to do get running backs from smaller schools in the fifth round. So Darius Smith from Kentucky a few years ago. Uh, I, I forgot Danelle Ellerby from Georgia back before that. I got him taking Logan Wilson, Wyoming linebacker. He'd be a good special teamer right away. Uh, then could maybe play some interior linebacker from time to time because, I mean, he could definitely compete for a starting spot because they really don't have any – off the linebackers on the top of my head right now. I know they got one that let go to the Jets, Patrick Awanso. And their last pick in the seventh round, I got to take an Ahmad Wagner, tight end from Kentucky. They already have Nick Boyle. They already have Mark Andrews. But it's not, it doesn't hurt to have an extra tight end in the backfield. could also play some special teams, too. I think when you get to the end of the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, you kind of want a guy that can contribute on special teams, a good athlete. So Wagner would be an interesting prospect. It's kind of just like, hey, bring him in. Got nothing to lose. He's a seventh-round pick. So, that yeah, that's – who I think the Ravens should take in there with their nine selections. A lot of double picks, too, in the fourth, second, third round, too. I noticed that. <laughs> I do. I like it. Yeah. Uh, twins in the second, third, and fourth round. So it'll definitely be very interesting. Um, yeah. And Fawn's obviously a big Ravens fan. You're rocking the Terrell Suggs white alternate away. Uh, it's, yeah, the white away. I had a rocket today. Uh, 2003, you got drafted. Recently just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, too. So now he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Currently a free agent. Probably will end up maybe being retired. But, hey, listen, great career for the Ravens. Love Suggs. I like your mock draft. Um, I'm not sure Logan Wilson is still around that late. They're saying his stock is rising. He might be one of the best linebackers in this draft. He might go as soon as the third round fawns. Mm Mm-hmm. That, so that could just something possible. to look out for. Yeah, when you get to the third, the third round later on, I mean, you could just see teams getting the best available player uh, more than like a, a team need, just kind of looking for a guy who can play special teams, a couple of role plays here and there. But uh, if Logan Wilson falls to the fifth round, I think it'd be a good spot for them. Ravens love the small school linebackers in the middle of the draft. They sure do. Kyle Russo, you are on the clock. Okay, guys. So with my first round pick for the Baltimore Ravens, I have them taking Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. I think this is a great pick, personally, uh, considering how deep this line, uh, this linebacker class as well as defensive class is. 
Kenneth Murray, the number 28th overall pick, is an excellent pick to improve upon this Baltimore Ravens team. With my second-round pick, Fonz, I don't know if you're going to be a fan of this or not, but Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin, I know it might be a little high considering they just paid Mark Ingram, but he's going to be 31 years of age. At the end of the season, it's a little bit of concern. You get a good value pick in Jonathan Taylor, who was competing for the Heisman not only this past year but the season before, an explosive running back who basically carried Wisconsin for the past two seasons. Uh, and I think that's a great pick for them. Uh, Fonz, I like what you were saying about the uh, interior offensive linemen, how they need to replace Marcianda potentially. That's why I had them taking Matt Hennessy uh, with the 60th overall pick out of Temple. I think that's an immediate put-in player, starting player, day one center that could start for that team and really improve upon the offensive line with Marshall Yonda retiring. Then with the 92nd overall pick, I have Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of South Carolina. We kind of saw that the wide receiver rotation that the Baltimore Ravens had set up for Lamar Jackson last season necessarily didn't work out, uh, going along with having Marquise Brown as their starting receiver, who was just a rookie and was a smaller guy, wasn't necessarily uh, more of a, a big guy. Uh, definitely explosive, definitely fast, but I think they need kind of that either second or number one receiver, and I think that Brian Edwards could potentially fill that role and improve upon the offense for uh, Lamar Jackson in the future. Uh, with the 106 pick, I have them taking Ben Barch out of St. John's, Minnesota. Um, offensive line, big offensive lineman. I don't know if you guys saw, this was the guy who had the combine making the uh, beautiful, beautiful smoothie in which I would love to actually try um, one day. <laughs> Hopefully uh, my stomach is made of iron. Hopefully I can handle that. But it's a big offensive lineman. Definitely could solidify that hole. I know how much the Ravens love their big guys at the offensive line position. I think this could be a good value pick for them as well. Uh, with my 129th pick, uh, I have Devin Asiasi, tight end out of UCLA. Uh, I like the stats that he put up. He didn't necessarily have such an explosive season this past season with UCLA, about 660 yards. Four touchdowns, but what I do like is that, as you saw, Fonz, the Ravens tried to run a rotation of two tight ends on the field at the same time with Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. That necessarily didn't work. Not that, not saying that Nick Boyle can't fill that position, but at this pick, I think it has a lot of value. Uh, Devin also had a uh, combine 40 of 4.73 at 6'5", 280 pounds, so I think that's a good speed factor, a good receiver, uh, a good threat catch option-wise. Uh, for the Baltimore Ravens in the future. Next, I have Kenny Robinson, safety out of West Virginia. Uh, I like what I saw from him this year. He's a big tackling machine all over the field, and I think that he could really improve upon that safety position for the – oh, James, you got the sign right there? Man, yeah, he probably got the sign. Yo, uh, I still have sign. it. Oh, man. Continue, Russo. I'm sorry. I needed to put up the sign. Uh, in the sixth round, I have him taking Nick Coe, edge out of Auburn. I think that, again, the Baltimore Ravens, they just love their defense. It's what they're built upon. And I think that he could definitely head around the sixth round. It definitely can help them uh, get to the quarterback more and more efficiently. And with my last pick in the draft, Fonz, I had to do this. This had nothing to do with a position of need because, as you know, the Ravens have probably the best tandem of cornerbacks in the NFL in Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. But just because of the name, I have them taking Lamar Jackson, cornerback, out of Nebraska. And that's my that's my mock draft for the Ravens, boys. I like it. Uh, the Lamar Jackson pick, I, I like a lot. I definitely think he's a taller corner as compared to the other corners in the draft. I think he'll be perfect in like a team like Seattle that runs the press defense. Uh, so I definitely think he definitely could be going a lot higher than the, than the the seventh round. But overall, I do like your picks, Brian Edwards. I kind of like, but I just I've seen him struggle a little bit at South Carolina. Um, sometimes when he catches the ball, I saw. 
that he like he looks away without even fully catching the ball, receiving it first, and running the route. So I, I'm a little bit questionable about that. Kenneth Murray I do like a lot, but in my mock draft, I have him going a little bit earlier. I wouldn't mind if he goes to the Ravens. But overall, Russo, solid, solid selections. I like it. And the Jonathan Taylor one, I will say, I'm a little bit questioned about because I think they need more needs in the second round. Obviously, he's not going to fall to the third or whatever, but not even to pick 60. But I would like Jonathan Taylor personally, but I think there's more of other needs at the moment. And then maybe you can get another running back in the third, fourth round. Definitely, so definitely. My comments on your picks. I think Jonathan Taylor might be a little bit of a reach. I understand Mark Ingram is on the wrong side of 30, uh, and running backs live shells obviously aren't great, but I think he's a guy that's in great shape. Um, and I think that the Ravens, if they do take a running back, it would be later on. I love your first-round pick in Kenneth Murray. Uh, and then Ben Barch. This guy out of St. John's, Minnesota. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew, uh, knew this. He was the only D3 player invited to the combine. Only yeah, Division three player. Yeah. So this is going to be a huge transition from Division three to the NFL for a guy who started as a tight end, had to put on 75 pounds of weight. How did he do that? We'll ask the reporter who interviewed him at the combine. He ate food. Uh, wrong. He ate. He's been consuming protein shakes. Do you guys know what are in these protein shakes? Seven Gross stuff. Seven scrambled eggs, grits, cottage cheese, peanut butter, a banana, and Gatorade. Gatorade? All, all solid stuff on their own to have. Not sure if I would mix it all into one thing. <laughs> I don't know. When she drank it, she said it wasn't that bad. She thought it was going to be horrible. She said it wasn't that bad. Uh, what about off camera? Uh, maybe she might have thrown up later. We don't yeah, know that. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, um, you know. uh, let's get to Monty here. Let's get your Ravens mock draft, James. I know we had right. a couple uh, last minute changes. Yep, I have some last minute changes to do. All right, um, round one. I'm going with uh, defensive OLB from Alabama. Um, that defensive front is very good. Uh, you do have funds, but I feel like he would be a very good addition to that line um then in round two willie gray jr gay willie gray jr willie gay jr sorry guys linebacker out of mississippi state again i think your linebacking core might need a little bit of help uh he should solidify it in some way um again in round two curtis weaver um an edge guy out of boise state um, that that should help with Lamar Jackson, um, you know, with either him or Mark Ingram set that lineup. Um, then we go to round three, um, Hunter Bryant. Yeah, I'm saying that correctly. Tight end out of Washington. Um, always good to have enough tight ends on your team, in my opinion. Um, as us Giant fans, we see them down, go down almost like every fourth game. So having another tight end would be good. Um, then I'm going to go wide receiver in Gabriel Davis out of UCF. Um, he's a big guy. I think he'll, I think between you guys usually draft wide receivers within that third round from past years. Um, I see that as a plus for you guys. He's another big guy. He would, he would, he would be very helpful in that offensive core. Um, let's move on to round four. Ben Birdson. If I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm saying that last name correctly, uh, but he's from Michigan. 
Um, he's an inside liner, I believe. Um, Linebacker? It's a little slow. Yeah, sorry about that. It's a little slow pulling up. Um, out of Michigan, should be helpful for you. Uh, let's move on to the 20, uh, another fourth rounder. Yeah. Oh. Alton Robinson, an edge out of Syracuse. Again, would be able to help you guys. Syracuse guy. Um, a lot of people like him. Um, then we go to round five. He's, uh, I, you know, I was practicing this name for quite some time, and now it went blank on me. Uh, um, so you guys have it. It will be posted. He's another wide receiver from Quintess Wisconsin. Cephas, correct. Um, correct. Cephas. Yeah, Fonz has him stacked. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I was practicing that for quite some time, and then it went right over my head from Wisconsin. And then, like Russo said, a running back, late round pick, um, Kellings Jr. Uh, out of UCF. And that's my Ravens mock draft. Nice. So all three of you have running backs. It's very interesting. And James, I think what I take most from yours, you think Baltimore needs help with their pass rush. You have them taking two pass rushers within the first three rounds of the draft. Correct. Okay. That's definitely very interesting. I know they lost Patrick on So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, what do you guys think of James's mocks? A couple linebackers, a couple edges, a couple receivers. What do you I, think? I, I like it. I like Terrell Lewis. I, I like the three players you selected in the, in the top three. I don't know if they go defense, defense, defense in the first three picks. If anything, it'd probably be two of them and they get an offensive mm-hmm. weapon. Uh, but, I mean, they are solid picks. I do like Gabriel Davis a lot. Quintez Cephas is also an underrated wide receiver. This wide receiver class is is a really so nice. So, I'm really, I like it a lot. And Killens Jr. is not a bad running back. So, yeah, overall solid stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so, we'll get to mine. Me, similar to Russo, I have them taking Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma, 28 overall. Uh, the reason why, this guy was ranked third in the FBS with 155 tackles as a sophomore. That just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, he's a playmaking linebacker. He can fly from sideline to sideline. Um, play development recognition is great. Uh, he can take on blocks. Um, the one thing I do think um, a transition to weak side linebacker could minimize the concern in terms of being a little bit undersized and taking those blocks. Uh, so I think he'll be a great player. That fills a need. They really haven't had um, – a big name player since a uh, big name inside linebacker since CJ Mosley. Uh, second round, 55. I have him taking Michael Pittman. Remember, this pick's coming from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Ravens need a tall jump ball option at wide receiver. That's what they're missing. Mm-hmm. This guy's a smart and reliable possession receiver. He can bully and beat backs downfield, cornerbacks. Uh, he lacks a little bit of speed, but I think he can compensate for that. Um, I think he'll be great, and I think he's an immediate wide receiver too that you'd be able to plug in next to Hollywood Brown uh, out of USC. Second round at number 60, I have Julian Okwara and Edge out of Notre Dame, younger brother of Lions defensive end Romeo Okwara. Only difference, this player is a little bit bigger, and he's a little bit faster. Um, his senior year ended early for the Irish due to a broken leg. Um, however, uh, I think he would need more of a rush counter to stay around in the NFL um, to keep tackles guessing. He's easily taken out of the run game, so this is more of a pass-rushing guy, Fonz, for your Ravens. Mm-hmm. Has issues blocking um, or has issues going against power tackles, but he can drop back into cover 
And one thing at Notre Dame, he had a lot of tackles for loss. So he's a nightmare for quarterbacks and had eight sacks as a junior. Tyler Baida is a safety at uh, center out of Wisconsin, 6'4", redshirt junior, big guy, smart and well-versed. I think he'd be great for Baltimore uh, to plug inside. I think Skura right now might be their starting center. Yep. Yeah, he is. Um, in every blocking scheme, this guy is well-versed. Um, ask Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> um, he hits landmarks really well. He has issues blocking against power, but – um, I think he has really good physicality, especially on those second-level blocks and screens. Um, my third-round comp pick is John Simpson, a guard out of Clemson. I think the one way that Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson keep going, you got to give them receivers, you got to give them linemen. Uh, getting John Simpson out of Clemson, a guy who blocked for Trevor Lawrence, he's experienced, he's a big boy, 6'4", 321. He had 34 ben- bench presses at the combine. This dude is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um Issues in pass protection, but he has really good technique to become an early NFL starter. My fourth-round pick, which comes from the Patriots, as you know, uh, Leaky Fotu, a defensive tackle from Utah, 6'5", 330 pounds. He's an odd front-nosed guy, uh, really good physicality as well, Um, a great motor. Single blocks won't get much movement on him. However, he doesn't have enough quickness to be effective in gaps to be disruptive, I should say. Uh, in the fourth round, their second pick, 134 overall, K.J. Hill, wide receiver, Ohio State. You got to give Lamar a second wide receiver. This is a fifth-year guy, uh, redshirt senior. Convinced to stay for a fifth year, by the way, by former Buckeye Chris Carter, who made a career with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he had 10 touchdowns this year, K.J. Hill. He's Ohio State's all-time catch leader. I think he has potential to be a solid backup, uh, something that this team needs, Fonz. Uh, obviously, they need some depth at wide receiver as well, so he could be a nice three or four guy. You could slide into the slot. He has that size as well. Yep. In the fifth round, I have Colby Parkinson, tight end out of Stanford, not because he looks like Hayden Hurst, but he definitely reminds me uh, of him. More important is gameplay. 6'7", 252. Stanford actually had five underclassmen tight ends that have been drafted from the span of 2013 to 2019. Uh, he can be winged out wide. He's a tall guy, so in the red zone, you want to split a 6-7 tight end out wide. The DBs have no chance. Uh, he has very good hands inserted into the slot. He stretches the field, but he is not a run blocker. That's his one downside. The last guy they have in the seventh round, this pick comes from the Jets right after that Parkinson pick, which came from Minnesota. Uh, I have Shaquille Quarterman, linebacker out of Miami. He's a senior, has not missed a start in all four years. He started every game throughout his four-year career at Miami. Uh, He's productive as a run stuffer. He could be a spot starter for this Baltimore team. He can learn behind Murray. Toughness gives him a shot to stick around in this league as a backup. That's my Baltimore Ravens mock draft. I like that Shaquille Quarterman pick a lot. I mean, I am a Miami University fan. I like him a lot. He definitely be could a solid role player with them. So, yeah, I like I like your your drafts uh, are pretty good. Uh, KJ Hill, I'm also a fan of. Uh, well, Pittman too, a two solid wide receiver. So, excellent draft, Tom, as always. Alrighty, I believe. Tom might be having some technical difficulties, guys. Um, so, in that 
aspect. Uh, Russo Fonge, you can still hear me, correct? I can still yes, hear you guys. Sure. We'll figure out the okay. whole Tom situation. Yep. Uh, let's move we'll on to the... Figure out. I'm going to figure out the Tom thing. We're going to move on to the okay. Giants picks. Uh, Russo, do you want to start off while I figure out the, the Tom situation? Oh, Tom, back. you back? Oh, Tom's back. back. Okay. Okay, excellent. Uh, Sorry so, no, about that, everybody. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you heard me, Tom, but I do like your draft. I like Quarterman. I like Hill and Pittman as the wide receivers. Like I said, the wide receiver class is so deep, I can take any of the wide receivers in the Ravens team. I think they should draft two this year. So, excellent draft, Tom. I just think you need to give Lamar Jackson weapons. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's a situation where I think Baltimore lacked some last year uh, in the playoffs against Tennessee mm-hmm. a few months ago. Yeah, so we know that. Those are the Baltimore Ravens. So let's move on to the New York Giants. The New York Giants are a team that will be picking fourth overall. They finished last season 4-12. and They have 10 picks in this year's draft, four of them in the seventh round, uh, including Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick of the draft. This is the first time in three years that me and Kyle actually agree on a Giants first-round pick. So, um Whoa. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, without further did, ado. Wait, did all our viewers hear that? They agree on a pick. Wow. Yeah, guys. Groundbreaking news. Yeah. Groundbreaking. <laughs> Kyle Russo, I'll give you the honors of starting. Uh-oh. All right. So, guys, for the fourth overall pick, I hope. I hope nothing goes wrong and the Giants take Isaiah Simmons. This guy, you can make an argument, is besides Chase Young, is the best player in the NFL draft, maybe outside of the quarterback participants as well. This guy is explosive. I just read an article today about how um, Ed Orgeron had to put together a scheme to solely block Isaiah Simmons in the championship game because that was the only defensive player in which he was really concerned about on that Clemson line. And uh, this guy's all over the field. Comparisons to Jamal Adams. I don't know how you could go wrong with this pick, especially with a team that doesn't necessarily have that edge type of player, that linebacker explosiveness. They need this guy. They need this guy a lot. Second round pick, Josh Jones, offensive lineman out of Houston. This is a guy that I think could also be a day one starter. I think it could necessarily push maybe a Cam Fleming out of that right tackle position. Or there's even been word about potentially Nate Solder potentially losing his job, starting job. It's no guarantee at that left tackle position. So I like the Josh Jones pick. I think it has value early in the second round. My third round pick, I have Chase Claypool. I know that some people are comparing him to a tight end aspect, but mm-hmm. at Notre Dame and at the Combine, they listed him as a receiver. Uh, at the Combine, he had the most freakish stats that I think that we've seen in a long time from a 6'3", 200-plus pound guy, uh, ran an excellent 40, and I think this has a lot of value. This is a guy that's going to be involved in a lot of 50-50 balls, had 13 touchdowns, I believe, this past season. Uh, surpassed 1,000 yards for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I think it's a good pick um, for the Giants. Uh, next, I have at the edge position, Khalid Kareem at a Notre Dame. Again, I think this is a great pick for the Giants. They don't necessarily have that guy that can get to the quarterback over the course of the last two seasons. Uh, Kareem has been able to manage to um, uh, amount to 10 sacks with the Fighting Irish. Um, and I think that this is instantly a good player that they could potentially fight for a starting position job in which another Giants player has at the moment. My next pick, I have Michael Onoweo, uh, potentially to fight for that center position. The Giants don't necessarily have that. There's been word that they want to bring back a guy in uh, John Jalapio. I don't see it. John Jalapio has been a guy that's injury prone. The other option is Spencer Pulley. I don't like that. those two options, especially guarding defensive, uh, 
defensive position players uh, straight up the middle. The center position is extremely important, and I think this guy could potentially start straight out of Michigan. Next, I have Dalton Keene, tight end out of Virginia Tech. The reason why I say this, guys, is because I don't necessarily know if the Giants are good with Evan Ingram long-term. Not that Evan Ingram is not a great player. It's just that he's never healthy and on the field. And Dalton Keene necessarily may not win that job over Evan Ingram. I'm far from saying that. I think Evan Ingram is far a better player. But Dalton Keene, the combine in which he had, he's an excellent player. Uh, Very, very, very strong. I believe he had some of the more... uh, I I believe he had a decent amount of reps compared to the other uh, tight ends uh, bench press-wise. And if he can't be that guy that's going to be a catch tight end, he could instantly be a guy that's going to be a blocker instead of paying a guy uh, in Levine Toilolo who is making, I believe, $4 million the Giants just signed into a contract-wise. I think that Dalton Keene is a cheaper option and could potentially be a long-term option at that position as well. My next pick, guys, I have DJ Dallas out of uh, Miami, running back. Another guy that I think could just help Saquon. You know, we saw Saquon get hurt last season because he was being overused on every single play. Uh, We saw how explosive he was in the first two games, then getting hurt against Tampa Bay. And even when he came back, he wasn't the same player until the latter part of the season. We're talking about week 14, week 15, week 16. And they brought in a guy like Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is an older guy. He had success with the Patriots. He signed with the Titans. Uh, He's been with them, I believe, the past two seasons. He really didn't have that much success. He wasn't getting that many carries. So I think that DJ Dallas could potentially be maybe a third-string option or even fight for a second-string option at the running back position. My next pick, guys, I have Cameron Curl, cornerback out of Arkansas. I think he's a good corner. Again, more of a value pick at this fifth, sixth-round position in which the Giants are picking. Actually, no, seventh-round pick. Excuse me. Seventh-round pick, this is a pick that might necessarily not make the starting day roster, but could potentially fight for a starting day spot considering the Giants don't necessarily have that great of cornerbacks right now. I think the cornerback option right now would have to be Sam Beal and DeAndre Baker. And Sam Beal being hurt the last two seasons, being a Giant, as well as DeAndre Baker not necessarily being a good option at the cornerback position. Hope for major, major improvement coming into his second year. But Cameron Curl could be a nice option in the seventh round. Another guy's another guy I have in the seventh round for the Giants is Jason Hilbs, uh, Jared Hilbers, my bad. Uh, another inside interior offensive lineman out of Washington. Um, he was a good offensive lineman for the Washington Huskies. Uh, guarded, Jake, uh, guarded for Jacob Eason for a long time, and I think that he can instantly become a good player um, to step in for this Giants uh, team, potentially be just a depth positional player. Again, like I said earlier, I don't necessarily trust the center position. Uh, we have de- The Giants have a lot of depth at the guard position, not necessarily the tackle position, but I think at that center position, they really need to address it, and I think that you know, you, get, you draft a guy in uh, Michael Onawayo out of Michigan, potentially a guy, Jared Hilbers, out of Washington. I think you could decent, decent, you would have a decent um, interior offensive lineman group of guys uh, going into the 2020 season. And my last pick, guys, Mr. Irrelevant, 250th pick, 255th pick in this year's draft is going to be Tyler Huntley, quarterback, quarterback out of Utah. Just, again, it's a value pick. The Giants, I don't think, necessarily have um, – I, mean, I know they signed Colt McCoy. I believe it was to a one-year deal, but that's not going to be a long-term option. This is just a backup quarterback that maybe they want to potentially bring in as a third-string option. You know, maybe not uh, get rid of Alex Tanney's contract, which I believe he's making around a million, two million dollars this season. Get rid of that contract. Get Tyler Huntley in there. 
as a third uh, third string quarterback position. We all know Daniel Jones is not going to be losing the starting cornerback position. And if that is the case scenario, Colt McCoy would be the second option. So I think it's a good pick for them to have uh, three nice quarterbacks on their roster. So that's my mock draft for the New York Giants guys. I like the DJ Dallas pick a lot. I'm a fan of him too. Um, yeah. I'm going to call Tom, figure this out. James, uh, talk about your mock draft, then we'll come yep, back I'll... and compare both. So I'll be right back, guys, with that. Yep. Sounds good. Russo, I liked everything. Uh, we'll compare. So my first round, as you guys heard, is Derek Brown from last week, uh, defensive tight from Auburn. Um, you know, I've gotten some heat through from this pick. Um, I'm sure I'll get some, you know, question marks again. Um, listen, I would love Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I don't know, but I'll take Derek Brown. Yeah. I need a defensive guy. Easy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, Listen, I'll, I'll take this next second, third best if that's what it's to come to us. Um, so my second round pick was <clears throat> it was Chris Weaver. Uh, Chris Weaver, sorry. Um, he's a defensive end linebacker from Boise State. He's 6'3", 265 pounds. Again, I'm going with a defensive end. We need that defensive end help, Russo, as you do know. Um, yep. Definitely need I help also, to get to the quarterback. When I was putting this together, um, you know, I was watching last Sunday the Giants um, Super Bowl game when we had OC, we had, when he had Strahan, when he had Tuck. That defensive front was phenomenal. That's what I want to get back to. That's, yep. you know, I, I want to be able to rush that pass rusher. All right. Um, so my third round is from Wisconsin, Tyler. Again, I've been practicing the, these names all day. Benazard. The center. Um, finds, uh, yeah, I know who you're yeah, talking about. I like that pick. He's a, he's a center. He's 6'4", 314 pounds. Um, you know, he's not over an overwhelming prospect, but he's considered solid and smart with potential to be a decent starter. Yeah, uh, I think he can grow within that position. He may not be a starter day one, but he should be able to grow and should be starter by, say, week three or four. Um, if need, um, let's move on to my fourth round four. I'm going Terrell Burge, um, Utah. He's a safety. Uh, we're looking for safety help and good awareness with, uh, uh, you know, to track the ball, uh, with peppers on the back end of the defense. He, he's 5'11", 202 pounder could be an upgrade over Julian Love. Um, he, he has some speed, which is phenomenal because we don't have much speed in that thief in that safety. No, um, it seems that last season we were, we were getting gashed at almost every single play, especially in that secondary. And that, that is a good player to pick. Um, so having that good field awareness and that speed is going to help. Uh, let's go to the round five. Uh, Dane Jackson, he's a CB from Pitt. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a good player. I think he's just. I mean, there was free agents, yes, but he's six. He's six foot, one hundred eighty-seven pounds. He's a physical, physical corner with good speed at four point five seven. Again, somebody with speed has. He, some scouts think he's quick. Um, I think he should be pretty good for our need at least. Uh, again, I'm kind of late. Um, I think he would be a definitely upgrade in our aspect yeah um so then we'll go to six where i have 
Uh, Fringe Jen- Jennings from Alabama. He's a defensive end and linebacker. Kind of like uh, a clowny, uh, in a sense. Um, you know, he's 6'2", 256 pounds. He's not your classic kind of edge rusher, but I like how it's like a, a hybrid where we can put him on the line or we can have him drop back. Yeah. Um, I think that's that would be pretty helpful for that. Um, now let's move on to our wonderful round sevens that we have. One, two, three, four of them. Um, <laughs> I got Tyron Steele from Texas Tech, um, offensive guy. Uh, Gettleman said he'd like to keep the depth in this class of tackles. Um, it's a pretty good indicator that he's going to go offensive in the late round. He's 6'6", 312 pounds, big guy. Um, hopefully that will also solve some issues on our line. We do have, um, I'll continue down. I go with a wide receiver, KJ Osborne. Um, giants certainly, certainly have big needs for a slot needs than a slot receiver. Um, we need debt from Tate. I think with him would be quite helpful. Um, he, he has some pretty good speed at 4.48. Um, let's move on to my second to last seventh round pick. Uh, Kendall Coleman, he's another defensive end uh, from Syracuse. I'm going with the defensive guys because we need him. He's 6'3", 257 pounds. He's, his size is good as for an edge rusher. Um, he... His speed is about a 4.95-ish. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so it's good, especially to get after uh, especially all these mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, like um, a Baker Mayfield, like these guys that could run. Yeah, a Baker definitely. Mayfield, yep. Kyler Murray, um, those and guys. Then, um, those guys. And then I'm going to go Mike Warner, uh, running back from Cincinnati. Uh, Russo, you kind of took the words out of my mouth earlier. Um, we should be able to help Saquon. Barkley yeah, yeah. In big time because with him being used every down, he needs a break, man. Um, yeah. So they go running back late rounds. So that is my Giants mock draft. Uh, Fonz, any word on Tom at the moment? I believe Tom I'm is here. now back. Tom, are you there? Yes, I'm here. We okay, had some let's technical talk problems, but we're all good now for now. Tom, for now, we held it down. I think we held it down Thanks for a little bit. Very much. Russo and James had some good picks here. I liked Russo, uh, not Russo, excuse me. I like James's KJ Osborne pick. As you guys can tell, I am a Miami Hurricanes fan, so I like seeing a bunch of Hurricanes being drafted in our mock drafts uh, so far. Uh, I will. You want me to give my mock draft first, then we'll move on to yours, Tom? Yeah, give yours first. Yep. All right. So with my Giants, I have the Twist, Tristan Wirfs going fourth overall. Uh, people want Isaiah Simmons. I get it. But I think you need to protect Daniel Jones. And I think the best way to do is to get the best offensive tackle in the draft. My second round pick for them, I have not taken Zach Vaughn. I think he's going to drop a little bit, especially after what happened with the diluted sample. I think yeah. that's, that's what they need, too, but outside of offensive linemen. A good uh, pass rusher outside linebacker, so Zach Vaughn will fit there nicely. Third round pick, 
They want to give Daniel Jones a nice target. Get him Van Jefferson from Florida. That's a solid receiver. I think he'll be he'll get a great connection with Jones right away. Fourth round pick, I have taken Josiah Scott, cornerback out of Michigan. Uh, I think that definitely is a way he can compete for a starting job or probably the nickel corner for now. So that'd be good for him. I have the fifth round. I know they have Evan Ingram, but he has struggled with injuries, and they do need a solid backup tight end. I've taken Jacob Breland from Oregon. It'll be a nice spot there. It'll be, you'll give another young target for Daniel Jones, especially in the red zone. Now we go to the sixth round. Now these guys, like I said, with the Ravens, these guys are probably just competing for spots or just competing for roll times. I have taken Khalil Davis, defensive tackle from Nebraska. Uh, I definitely think defensive tackle could be a need for them, and he could develop into a nice starter maybe down the line or at least a good role player for them. Now we get to the four seven-round picks. Now for this one, Kenny Robinson Jr., I have him taking with the seventh round from West from West Virginia, James's favorite. Uh, James is a big West Virginia fan as he pulls up the sign. I'll hold up my sign again so everybody can see. <laughs> uh, Kenny Robinson, I like him a lot. Good athletic guy. He can play on special teams for them and could probably play in a couple of starts here and there. But I think when you get to seven, you do get some special teamers here. This is where it gets interesting for me. Their second seven-round pick. I am taking J.J. Taylor, running back out of Arizona. Now, I know they have Deion Lewis, but he's a little bit up there in age. J.J. Taylor is 5'5", 185. I think they need a nice, young, pass-catching receiver. Saquon Barkley can do it, no doubt, but you want to save his legs. You want him to have a nice, long run in New York. So give him a nice relief at the running back spot for third downs. Not a bad option, I think, especially when you get in the seventh round, a good value pick. There's third seventh-round pick. I'm taking Sean Pollard, offensive tackle from Clemson. They already took one Warps in my first round. I think just way to build some depth, maybe compete for a roster spot. Again, doesn't hurt at this point. Mr. Irrelevant. I haven't taken another running back. In AJ Dillon. Now, I'm a huge fan of AJ Dillon. Now, he's not the speedster, but this guy is a truck. And I think he can pick up blocks nicely. Something that, again, this is kind of, you want to keep Saquon Barkley around. He's got star, no doubt. Give him a guy like AJ Dillon to go in for the maybe occasional if you want to rest him up. Put him on like the third and short for now. Uh, if you're in like a third and long, you need a pass blocker. Have AJ Dillon come out there because if I have to take JJ Taylor, obviously 5 5, you can't be a pass blocking back. So have Dillon there to do that, on top of J.J. Taylor being the third down. Has catching back, Saquon Barkley. It's a nice trio of young running backs for New York. So that's why I have the Giants taking on my mock draft. Your thoughts on them taking two running backs in the seventh round? I like it. I like it because, you know what, at the end of the day, Deion Lewis is a good option. I think it was a nice pickup, but like you said, Fonzie's a guy aging. I like the fact that, you know, it gives you potentially two options at the running back position on top of Saquon to back him up. Even guys that could potentially be on special teams. So I, I like Taylor the picks, like you said. And let's not forget uh, Wayne Goldman's on a contract year. He could very well be on the way out there, too. You know, if the guys yep. like Dylan and Taylor outplay him. So, yeah, because he's been Fons. there for a while, but he hasn't been really been that reliable backup, I think. Fons, who did you take in the second round again? Uh, Zach Bond. Pass Zach Bond. Uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, edge, whatever you want to call it, uh, okay. out yep. of Wisconsin. Yep. So... Russo and James, obviously, I saw your mock drafts during the week. I don't remember them off the top of my head at the moment. I know James has the Giants taking Brown first. I know Russo has Isaiah Simmons. So I'll run down the board on my picks and explain why. The first thing I'm going to say is that the Giants better take Isaiah Simmons fourth overall. Um, This is the best, honestly, the best option for them at four. He's a redshirt junior, a hybrid talent with rare length, great versatility. Uh, he can create mismatches for offenses. He can play the linebacker, the slot, or the safety position. They call this guy a jack-of-all-trades. Um, 
He'll give defensive coordinators a chance to disguise blitzes, which is something the Giants historically love to do. Seven sacks and three picks this year for the Tigers. Giants need a commander-in-chief on defense, and right now they don't have one. The league shutdown will complicate the Giants' ability to trade back. Fonz, in all due respect to your pick, Werfs may be the best tackle in this draft, but if the Giants take Werfs at fourth overall and don't trade back, mm-hmm. Gettleman's gone. The safe bet, I'm starting to think, could be Jedrick Wills because he's a Bama guy. He has a familiarity with Joe Judge. I think that would possibly make more sense than Worfs. I think right now it's a toss-up between three guys. Worfs, Simmons, and um, the Wills. other tackle we just named, Wills. Wills. Yep. So I have the Giants taking Isaiah Simmons fourth overall, although there is a very strong chance they will be trading down. Uh, my draft is similar to Mel Kuyper's. Uh, I have the Giants taking Austin Jackson, offensive tackle from USC in round two, 6'5", 322, a big build. This class is a lot deeper in offensive line than I had originally thought. Not as deep as receiver or cornerbacks, obviously, but it is still somewhat deep. Uh, he has true left tackle traits. And Nate Solder, a guy who might not be back next year uh, in 2021. Jackson has inconsistent hand placement and footwork, but... These issues are correctable. He has potential guard flexibility, which is what the Giants got in Justin Pugh a few years ago. Outstanding athleticism for a guy his size. Uh, he could be, he could be a first round guy. That's what concerns me if he does not drop to number thirty six. Uh, but he's a great athlete with quick feet. Third round, I have the Giants taking hometown lifelong fan Matt Hennessy from Temple. I know Kyle, you had him going to the Ravens. Uh, Matt Hennessy wants to be a Giant. He's made it clear. He went to the same high school as Jabril Peppers, uh, Don Bosco Prep. Redshirt junior guy. He has good body control. He played offensive tackle in high school. He's a three-year starter with excellent technique. One thing I noticed about him on film, he's very patient to center his blocks, something that John Jalapio was not. Uh, The Giants, honestly, Brett Jones should still be their starting center, but he is not. I'm still salty about that trade with the Vikings. Uh, But Hennessy may be a pick that might not last until 99. So if the Giants trade back, their third-round pick will move up, and that's my mindset here. Fourth round, I think they take Alton Robertson and Edge out of Syracuse, a guy James had uh, earlier on for Baltimore. Uh, This guy's quick. He's a senior, 6'3", good burst and speed. He lacks consistent techniques, but he is a good strip sack guy. Reminds me of Osio Minura and Matthias Kiwanuka. Just a couple guys to compare him to. Fifth round, I think the Giants go wide receiver. This is a sleeper pick for me. They need a little depth at receiver. Uh, we saw what happened the year they had Knicks, Cruz, and Manningham. The Giants were like, oh, why are we drafting Odell Beckham Jr.? Look what happened. Knicks didn't come back. Cruz got hurt. Manningham left the team, right? So now you take Isaiah Hodgins, a huge guy who had 13 touchdowns as a junior last year uh, for Oregon State. That's the school that he went to. Uh outstanding ball skills he adapts well the coverage based on location on the field and i think he's a really good route runner and i think the giants should go after him as their wide receiver sixth round pick i think the giants need safety help obviously love is penciled in as the starter right now but it's nice to have depth i think getting um jordan fuller from ohio state is key this guy's a developmental project similarly compared to will hill I don't know if you guys remember him as safety the Giants had about five years ago. Um, six well. two, yeah, you, uh, the Ravens had him too. Mm-hmm. Fuller is a great athlete with good range. He's a good special teams player. Giants should bring him back home to New Jersey, similar to Matt Hennessy. Fonz, geographically, it what? It makes 
sense. Right. Can line up and cover tight ends, which is something the Giants cannot do. He's a poor tackler, but he can cover the tight end position. Seventh round, the Giants have four picks. My first one, Evan Weaver from California. 6'2", play defensive end as a true freshman. He can beat blockers to the spot. He has a lack of athleticism, but he has the intangibles and um, the good toughness in a 3-4 alignment like the Giants have. He's, he's, a, he's really a great teammate, in my opinion, who may be picked higher in the sixth round. But if Evan Weaver's there, the Giants got to take him. They need linebacker help, as always. I think the Giants take a third offensive lineman. This pick coming in from the Saints from the Eli Apple trade back in 2018, number 238 overall. Giants take Cameron Clark, a guard out of Charlotte. Ideal sleeper and another versatile developmental prospect that met with the Giants. Uh, He shined in the East-West Shrine game, and he had great tape against Clemson this year. Very impressive. Good arm length. Better at guard. Below average quickness, but I think he could fit in. He's a hog molly. Dave Gettleman loves his hog mollies. Similar to Fonz, but at 247, not Mr. Irrelevant, I have the Giants taking A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Local guy out of Connecticut, 6'247 pounds, a shorter version of Brandon Jacobs. They compare this guy to Andre Williams, a guy the Giants used to have. He's built like a minibus, literally. Uh, Pure power back that can wear defenses down between tackles. When I look at the Giants and what I see in a backup running back, what's Saquon Barkley's weakness, guys? He can't pass protect. What does A.J. Dillon do? He pass protects, and he runs between the tackles so that where Barkley gets hurt, he can carry a load, and then you have Deion Lewis as a change of pace back. I think Dillon is a great player that can run between the tackles. He lacks creativity, and he is not a pass catcher at all, which is why the comparison to Andre Williams scares me a little bit. But I think in the seventh round, it is a low-risk, high-reward type of situation. Lastly, Mr. Irrelevant, Dorian Daniels, defensive tackle out of Nebraska. Good energy guy with character. Giants love character guys. Nice quickness. Doesn't make enough plays, but he's worth a shot. That's my mock draft. Other notables, if the Giants don't take Isaiah Simmons, watch out for Tanner Moose in the late rounds, fifth or sixth round pick. Uh, similar position guy out of Clemson. Kenneth Davidson, a quarterback out of Princeton, is in the mix for Mr. Irrelevant. And John Runyon's son, John Runyon Jr., who Michael Strahan blew up in his career. I think those are some big things. If you guys notice, I didn't put a cornerback on for the Giants. Why? They should not draft a cornerback, and here's why. They've spent the last two drafts worrying about cornerbacks. Julian Love, who's now a safety, Valentine, Grant Haley, Sam Beal. It would Dave Gellman look even more silly to waste one of these picks on a cornerback when he's invested so many draft picks into them already. In the secondary, you need a safety, you need pass rushers, and you need a defensive tackle as well. But we'll see what happens. That's my pick, and the O-line helps. On top of the fact, and Tom, I forgot to mention it too, because I actually had them taking a cornerback in one of those seventh-round picks. They also just signed James Bradbury to a massive contract as well. That's so they right. don't need to address that cornerback position as much as other uh, positions and they're saying Askew Henry might battle with Grant Haley for the nickelback position yep. so that's definitely uh very very interesting that's my Giants mock draft guys do you have any thoughts both agree. I like it man I like it it's 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 very very difficult at that fourth overall pick it's really difficult the more and more you read the more and more you think they're going to trade one day you think they're going to take an offensive lineman just a week ago is Isaiah Simmons guaranteed it's just Six days away, and I still don't know what direction they're going in. I couldn't so, tell you. 
We're talking New York football giants. Nobody knows what's going to happen on draft night at number four. At this time, Kyle Russo, you will be making up your week 17 quick picks punishment. You yes, lost the regular season, so I'm going to leave the floor to you. Wah, wah, wah. All right, guys. For those of you fans that know me well, have been following Review and Preview for the last couple of years since I've been on, you all know I'm a big Big, 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 big Odo Beckham Jr. fan. I hated the trade. I cried. I cried back in March of 2019. I did. It was the mo- it was a more upsetting day in my sports fandom. In my sports fandom life. But as my punishment, I am forced to wear this Odo Beckham Jr. jersey, which is beautiful and still fits me very well. And I have to read some negativity that I don't necessarily agree with. But this is my punishment because I can't pick games for the life of me. So here we go. Starting off, no, oh my god, he was a cancer in the locker room. Damn, oh man, these opinions do not reflect me. I love Odell. <laughs> Second one, the Giants should have drafted the likes of Brandon Cooks and Jarvis Landry instead of OBJ. They would have been a way better fit. Look how that panned out. I don't think so. All right, he called out his QB during McAdoo's tenure and said Manning was no longer a fit for the job, which got Eli benched and broke his streak of game started. It's not his fault. Ben McAdoo agreed. Uh, listen, we all I think we could have all agreed that Ooh. it might have been time, but it, we might have wanted Davis Webb instead at the time, not Geno Smith. He could not control reading. himself on the sidelines, but hitting by hitting the kicker net and then married it the following week. Some people took it negatively. I thought it was funny. Did not respect some of the coaching staff and contributed to a terrible last season for Tom Coughlin. Was it just OBJ, or was it the fact that Jerry Reese that offseason had to spend over $150 million on three defensive players? I blame it on the defense, but let's go with OBJ, I guess. Was too, was too good for water on the sidelines. Needed to run into the locker room to get an IV. Listen, man, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a Gatorade fan. I'm a Gatorade fan. I don't like water either. Once he got paid, he slacked off and ruined Eli Manning. Um I think it was the lack of investment in offensive linemen and the fact that OBJ got hurt because he was putting a mean, he was putting a meaningless uh, week two preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, who went 0-16 that previous season. Thank you, Ben McAdoo. I don't think it's right. in the script. Odell <laughs> yeah, continue. Odell, on- Odell looked lost in the only playoff game of his career against the Green Bay Packers in 2016. Four receptions, 28 yards with a pair of costly drops which, by the way, participated in a trip to South Beach prior to that game. Blame the younger guy or blame the uh, veteran and Victor Cruz? Oh, Jesus. Depends on how you take it. Victor Cruz apologized for it. Oh, and who could forget the fistfight with Alec Ogletree a few years back when the Giants played the Rams? Yikes. That was an ugly fight. I agree with that. This trade was the best thing that could have happened with the Browns. Yeah, they got a star receiver, perennial type of player. It did great, a great thing. Totally agree. Odo Beckham was also fined over 14K this past year for punching Marlon Humphrey in a week four game against the Ravens. Yep. Yeah, that 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 was that was not smart either. He was also fined fourteen thousand dollars a week after a week six game against the Seahawks for a uniform violation. Guys, I like the watch. Okay. If he wanted it to break, let him break it. He's got all the money in the world. I liked it. In fact, Odell has not caught more than six touchdowns. In a season since 2016. Again, he's been hurt. Freddie Kitchens didn't work out well. You know what? I really do feel bad for Baker Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next one? Mike DeSanto said it best on our live stream last week. A great talent, but a terrible attitude. 
he was a great talent. Did he make some dumb mistakes? Absolutely. I don't think that was uh, enough of a reason to get rid of him, but it is what it is. Is this really his middle name? Odell Cornelius Beckham Jr. (laughs) Oh, Russo, thank you so much for that. It's done. It's over. You feel good? uh, No, I feel terrible, actually. This was horrible. This was insane. On that note, uh, Fonz, I'll let you make a remark uh, if you if you may. Uh, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. I love Odell. Listen, Russo, Russo, you said the script. All right. Just remember, the Giants could have drafted Brandon Cooks instead or Jarvis Landry instead of Odell Beckham. So we now have Tommy Mack on the line. Tommy Mack is going to talk his mock draft over with Kyle Russo, and then I will chime in with a couple of questions myself. Tommy, how's it going? Good. hope all is well, guys. I hope everyone's safe and healthy. Uh, Kyle, I have a question for you before the draft starts. Gotcha. Um, Now, based on Joe Douglas's pedigree, uh, what kind of GM do you think he'll turn out to be? You know, Tommy, I hope he's a good one. You know, he had had a lot of success with Philadelphia. You got to remember, he built that team that Philadelphia had that went to the Super Bowl. And I think that that's the potential pedigree that we could have for this Jets team. But my personal personal opinion, opinion, and I don't, and and Tommy, I want to get your take on what they did in free agency, because outside of Connor McGovern and bringing back a few key guys on the defense, I I really didn't necessarily see such, you know, that's going to make the team a lot better this offseason. Coming into 2020, these are the moves that's going to set up this team for success, going to set Sam Darnold up for success. I just didn't see that outside of the Connor McGovern pick, and I want to get your opinion on that. I think they took a different approach this year. Um, Instead of last year, when they made all the splash moves, that didn't necessarily turn out well for them. So I think there's a different approach. Um, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to what he did. I think uh, McGovern was a great signing. Van Roten, I did a little research on him. Um, the guy's underrated. I think he'll be a player for him. Um, they re-signed Alex Lewis. Uh, Noah Fant, they gave him. Uh, three years, $30 million, they're expecting him to play. They're not expecting him to be a swing tackle. They're not expecting him to be a backup. So they're expecting him to um, come in and play. I don't know anything about him. So I, I can't tell you if he's a good player or not. I believe in Joe Douglas as far as his evaluation of especially offensive linemen since he is a former one himself. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt until he proves – uh, to the Jeff fans' role. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. So, Tommy, uh, before we jump into any uh, questions outside the draft, how about we jump right into our mock drafts? And, and I'll start us off hot real quick. I have them taking CeeDee Lamb with the 11th overall pick. And I think that uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen at that 11th overall pick. You could potentially see a guy in Makai Becton, uh, Jedrick Wills Jr. out of Alabama, maybe even a Tristan Wirfs, potentially an Andrew Thomas, potentially. I see the need for the offensive linemen. Even though they did um, bring in five offensive linemen this free agency, I think that more than anything, more than anything, they need that stud receiver. They didn't bring back Robbie Anderson. I mean, it's a little skeptical in my opinion. Why why did they not bring him back for a two-year deal, $20 million down in Carolina? I, I don't see why the hesitation would be on a player in Robbie Anderson when you could argue that he's probably been the Jets' most consistent offensive piece over the course of the last three seasons, four seasons that he's been with them. 
And I think you need CeeDee Lamb. He's that 50-50 guy. He's that guy that's going to bring catches and is going to make Sam Darnold a successful quarterback in this league. I mean, the only receiver that they signed this offseason was Brashard Perryman, who's been jumping around from team to team, spent some time uh, drafted by the Ravens, spent some time with Tampa, spent some time with the Browns. Uh, They got Quincy Inouye, but uh, consistent neck injuries, back-to-back years. Uh, And then Jamison Crowder, who is a good player, but he can't be your number one receiver. And I think that getting CeeDee Lamb with the 11th overall pick is a perfect, perfect fit for this New York Jets team. Yeah, guys. Um, yeah, so I actually have CeeDee Lamb as well going at number 11. I think he's explosive, like Russo said. I think it comes down to him uh, and a pair of offensive linemen. I know, Tommy, you have somebody else, but uh, any uh, any remarks on that? Well, as far as Robbie Anderson goes, supposedly the Jets uh, offered him, and I don't know if it's true or not, a four-year, $40 million deal, um, and he declined. Uh I think he's going back with his old Temple coach. Maybe there's a connection there. And uh, Robbie Anderson, to me, he never had a 1,000-yard season. Don't get me wrong. I would have liked to have him back, but at the Jets' price, not at his price. And he didn't even get his price. He wanted more money than what he got. So um, I'm not going to tell you I'm happy to see him go, but if they address the um, receivers in the draft and they turn out to be good, then it'll all work out. Yeah. So, Kyle, I mean, in give your response to that, and then list down everybody you have going to the Jets, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, talk with Tommy, and then we'll reveal his. So, my mock round uh, for the Jets, uh, second round pick, Lucas Niang, uh, offensive tackle out of TCU. Uh, again, even though they did address uh, address the offensive line a lot, I, I think that he's a good player, good value pick for this Jets team, especially depth wise. Uh, Julian Aquara is my next pick. I think that he's an explosive player, kind of underrated coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, bigger player, Tom, as you alluded to earlier, than his brother Romeo Aquara. Uh, I think he might even be a better player, to be honest with you. And he could definitely get to the quarterback more effectively than his brother. And I think that that could definitely improve this Jets defense. Uh, Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi State, cornerback. Again, I don't think you guys have any starting cornerbacks. You guys added P- Pierre Desir. Uh, that was uh, dropped by Indianapolis, but you guys let go of Tremaine Johnson. I don't know your other starting cornerback, and I think this could be a good, again, value pick for them. Uh, Thaddeus Moss, tight end at LSU. I know you guys have Ryan Griffin as well, but again, just a value pick. This guy that's fallen a little bit in most mock drafts because he did get injured. I believe he had to have off-season surgery. Uh, My next pick, James Lynch, uh, interior defensive lineman out of Baylor. My next pick, Patrick Taylor Jr., running back out of Memphis. This pick I love a lot. This player last year would have been a third-round, second-round pick this year. Only reason why he wasn't, he got hurt this year. But last season, he had over 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. Excellent player coming out of Memphis that you guys could pick up in the latter part of the draft. And then my last pick for this Jets team, Alex Taylor, offensive tackle out of South Carolina State. Again, just building upon this offensive line, trying to find what players work in this system, even though they added a lot of offensive line um, into this team. Thoughts, Tommy? Yeah, th- that was um, very good, Kyle. I like, I like that draft a lot. Um, yep. I like that Thaddeus Moss pick. Uh, I think he's he's got good hands. He's got the pedigree, of course. Um, I, I think if the Jets were able to land him, I think that would be fine with me, that's for sure. Um, yep. I think maybe they might need to 
adjust the offensive line, maybe a little. Oh no, you got him in the second round. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's that's a solid pick. All right, I like it. No. If they, get, if they uh, turn out to get that draft, I'd be pretty happy with it. I completely agree. Now, Tommy, before we get to yours, I just want to ask you a quick question that's kind of a lead-in to your first pick. So there's rumors that the Jets go offensive tackle. Now, I know their two biggest needs, in my opinion, are wide receiver and offensive line. Um, Historically, this is one of the the deepest receiving classes ever. Who is your pick if they go with a wide receiver in round one? My pick is Henry Ruggs. He's got blazing speed, uh, but he's not just a speed guy. He has uh, he has hands, and he, he can run routes. Um, and one thing about him, I saw on ESPN, they had a E60 story about him. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it or not. It's a great story. The kid's grounded. Um, I really think he's a special player. The speed is uncoachable, and he can be... I don't want to compare him to Tyreek Hill, but he has that kind of speed, and I think he'll. I think he'll be there unless somebody like the Raiders, who traditionally love speed, jump the Jets. I've seen a couple of mocks where they jump the Jets, but they picked Jerry Judy in the box that I've seen. But Henry Ruggs' his speed is undeniable, and he has better hands than people think. So he's my guy for for the Jets number eleven, number eleven pick. I like it. Uh, Tom, um, I'm going to have a follow-up question, but I want you to list, um, if it's cool with you, if, why, if you list everybody you have, just so sure. I have an idea, and then we'll uh, c- collaborate afterwards. No problem. With the uh, 48th pick, uh, because I think the Jets would have gotten Le- gotten rid of Le'Veon Bell um, if it wasn't for his contract. They can, after this upcoming season, with no salary cap hit. Uh, I, I have him adding another weapon right here. Um, J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State. Uh, he's ranked 46th in, on a CBS top overall prospects. So if the Jets could get him at 48, I think that would be a home run. Uh, number 68, I haven't taken an edge rusher, Bradley Anai from Utah. It's about time we get somebody that can get to the quarterback. Um, number 79, Tom, I think you picked this guy for the Ravens, uh, Tyler Piads, yeah, um, a three-year starter for uh, for Taylor, you know, in front of Taylor, who his career ran for over six thousand. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. It's incredible. Um, my next guy at one twenty, maybe Tommy, you can give me a little more insight on him. Is uh, Troy Pride, the corner from Notre Dame, five eleven, runs a four four. I read good things about him, but I didn't see him play every week like you may well, probably have so uh, which I'm sure you did um, at 158 I have them getting a tight end also um, Harrison Bryant out of FAU um, he doesn't have blazing speed but he's reliable and with Chris Herndon's uh, uh, last year he was hurt after being suspended and he played a half a game for the Jets last year so they need a reliable tight end. If he comes back healthy and can continue to show how good he can be, then okay, great. The Jets have two tight ends then. Uh, at 191, I have him going to the wide receiver position again because I think they need it. And that's James Prochet out of SMU. 
He has, in the last two seasons, 209 catches, 26 TDs in the last two years. The guy's productive. He can play outside or inside. Yeah. And for the last pick, 211, I have them getting our Adam Vinatieri, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. I watched this kid kick. He didn't have the best year last year, so that's why I think he'll slide. Uh, 93% field goals under 40. He also has a big leg, can boom it from just about anywhere on the field. I want the Jets to have a kicker, not some veteran where he's on the streets for a reason. So I want the Jets to finally have him. The last time I dra- uh, drafted a kicker was Mike Nugent out of Ohio State. Yeah. And they drafted him in the second round. And I loved the pick at the time. He turned out to be a dud, he turned out to be a, you know, a traveling guy, he, he didn't stick around with too many teams too long, but this is the guy I want um, for the Jets to be the kicker, and that's my draft, fellas. He's a journalism major, too. He's a broadcasting journalism major. Fun fact oh, about wow. um, Kyle Russo, I'll get to you, uh, and then me and Tommy will wrap this up here. Um, what are your thoughts? Do any of those players stand out to you that he listed? Um, I know he brought up pride, as I'll get to in just a moment. Uh, anybody in particular? I definitely like the Rodrigo Blankenship uh, acquisition. It's a late-round pick with a lot of value. I think he's probably one of the best kickers that are in this draft. He had a lot of success at Georgia, uh, as Tommy alluded to, 93% inside 40. And I think that that could bring him up for a lot of success in the long term. I know they had Jason Myers for a year, which was an absolute amazing pickup in free agency. And for some reason, they didn't bring him back. And then they had to uh, go to a bunch of guys. I believe they even traded for a kicker. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, who was only there for like a week or two, and then they let him go as well. Uh, they need a kick. They need a guy who could kick the football. Uh, they lost a decent amount of games, not lost, but they lost a lot of points off the scoreboard last year because they just couldn't hit field goals. And I think those are points that I think we could all agree with are should be almost guaranteed points when that's your one job. And I think that's definitely a position that they need to improve upon. And I think that's definitely a great pick for them as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, Tommy. Little background on Troy Pride. Uh, obviously, he's a smaller guy. He's good with his hands. He's not the quickest guy, but I think he could develop into a potential slot corner, and that's something that the Jets could certainly use in their future. Think of, um, I forget the previous slot corner you guys just had. Uh, well, we had, we signed Brian Poole. Right. Uh, oh, uh, the human um, uh, penalty play, Buster Screen. Yeah, he's definitely an upgrade over him. I'll tell you that much. Um, but one important question I wanted to bring up to you. The Jets went out and got these guys in the offseason. They got George Fant, Alex Lewis, Connor McGovern, Greg Roten, Greg Van Roten, who uh Chaminade High School kid, and one other guy I forgot who they signed. Do you remember the fifth guy? Fifth guy they signed. Uh, On the I, offensive line? Yeah. Oh, uh, Joe Andrews. Yes, Joe Andrews. Now, with the way it looks right now, George Fan, personally, I'm not too sure I'm sold on these tackles. I don't see an offensive tackle on your list. Why? Uh, well, I think that there's some – I think Alex Lewis is flexible. Uh, maybe Fonz would know more about that if he could slide out to tackle. Uh, I, I think that – uh, Douglas knows what he's doing, and he signed Fant to play. Right. So I think he's going to plug him in there. 
So that's why I think they did a lot of work on the offensive line. You know what? It, it's possible. I mean, it's probably 60-40 chance that they do take a tackle if they're sitting there. But I just think, like Kyle said earlier, it's time to address the receivers. Time to get weapons for Sam Donald. Right. I mean, you need to surround him with people that can help him be successful. I completely, so, yeah, I completely get your point there, Tom. Um, yeah, I think fans can play. I don't, I don't think ten million sits on the bench. So. No, I completely agree. I just thought that the price they got him was a little bit much. I think he'll be a good player. He'll definitely be an upgrade from what you had at right tackle for sure. Um, obviously, he played a couple games in the playoffs for the Seahawks this year. My only thing is, um, Biadas from Wisconsin. I know McGovern slated into start at uh, center, so you know maybe maybe, maybe yeah maybe they'll make him a versatile guy. Um, any uh, any final thoughts on these Jets here? I mean, I'll tell you this much. I have the same as Kyle. I have Lamb and Yang in my two-round. Yang from TCU. He's also a local guy from New Canaan, Connecticut, and he can handle all run-blocking schemes. So, I mean, I think the only thing with him, his body type could possibly be a turnoff. As for Lamb, I love Lamb. I think he gets the nod um, as a starter if the Jets get him. My only concern with him is um, creating space against the more physical corners, but that can be learned over time as he develops. Uh, I got you. And you know what? Whatever team lines up with Judy, Lamb, or Ruggs, I think they're all going to be pretty happy about it. And the other thing about the Jets also taking a receiver um, at 11, I think um, I think they want their fourth, let's say three tackles go and there's one left. Right. You want the fourth best tackle or do you want the top receiver? I completely, I completely understand that. I would definitely go the top receiver if I'm the Jets. I think wide receiver is a necessity, but protecting Darnold is just as important. It's just, it's kind of where you're at and who you can pick. That's pretty much it for me. But uh, Tom, thank you very much for calling in, and um, we will talk to you again soon about those New York Jets post draft. Sounds good. Sounds good, fellas. Enjoy, enjoy your night. Uh, Good show. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Take care. That was Tommy McNamara from Suffolk County, New York. Again, folks, we do apologize for the technical delay before. We just talked about the New York Jets. We have two more blocks left tonight, and now we have our next caller on, Gabe Flayton, who's going to talk to us about the Minnesota Vikings. We got the four corners in now, fellas. You guys are all here. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we, we can hear you. It's awesome. the four grid awesome. now. You guys are all here. You guys look all look fantastic. Mr. Uh, Adam Thielen there in the bottom right corner. I love it. <laughs> Gabe, what town are you from again? I know you are at SUNY Albany, but uh, you're from yeah, upstate so, New York, uh, right? Yeah, I'm from Cornwall. It's like Orange County, hour north of manhattan um very far from minnesota my dad's from minnesota so that's why i am a viking fan have been my whole life i gotcha yeah no that's definitely a great story my uh my mother's brother's a big viking fan growing up so i kind of inherited them as like my second team behind the giants uh but yeah so we're here to talk some mock draft with you tonight uh as you know the minnesota vikings have 12 picks in this year's draft they accumulated an additional three thanks to the Stefan Diggs trade, which I think they won that 
completely with the return that they got. The Vikings have two picks in the first round. They have three in the seventh. Um, three of those picks are from the Bills, as I said. They have three comp picks as well. Uh, one in round three and two in round seven. Um, the comp picks, just to let you guys know, the third round comp is because of the loss of Sheldon Richardson. And the two seventh rounders are from Trevor Simeon. And the last pick is for the loss of Tom Compton, I believe, right? I want to say so. Um, so, Gabe, before we get into this, I'm just going to talk about some key Viking departures that happened this year. Former Giant, Linval Joseph, uh, Stephen Weatherly, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, J. Ron Curse, Andrew Sandejo, and yep. possibly Everson Griffin. Talk about that a little bit and what your thoughts are about that Vikings defense. So this defense really doesn't look a lot like it did three years ago when Case Keenum brought us to the NFC Championship. We don't have Rhodes wasn't what he was that year anyways. So losing him isn't much. Losing Trey Waynes, Trey Waynes was hurt for a lot of last year. People forget he was kind of in the shadow of Rhodes for a while. Guess who's laughing now? Waynes is making $42 million on the Bengals, three-year $42 million contract. Rhodes has a one-year $3 million contract for the Colts. Waynes got the better. Mackenzie Alexander was a really good nickel corner. Having him was great. We lost so much depth. We have Literally nothing at that position after the starters, which combined the st- the three starting corners, if you count the nickel corner, they have nine combined starts. So they are an inexperienced secondary. We could see no Anthony Harris. Realistically, he's not going to want to play on a franchise tag because he can get a long-term extension elsewhere. And then at linebacker, that's the core of our defense. That is the only thing that stayed intact. We've lost Everson Griffin. We have some depth at the defensive line because we bolstered it with Michael Pierce from Baltimore, who is nicknamed the Juggernaut. He's a good <laughs> signing by you guys. I, from like from I like that a lot for you guys. Yeah, I love having him on the – because we've, we've always been a very good run-stopping team. Adding him was huge. But secondary, how are we going to defend the pass? How are we going to defend Aaron Rodgers? We could get lit up by Stafford. We could get lit up by Rodgers. We might even make Trubisky look good if we don't do something about this secondary. I agree with you 100%. Before we get this, I got to get this in there. James and Kyle, thank you for plugging this in the group chat. It's being reported that multiple players had their drug test flagged at the Combine, and one of those players was Mekhi Becton. Wow. So not good news. It's Back to your... It's right before the draft, too. Like, you know, like that yeah. long. The Combine was so long ago. Like, it's just it's very weird to me. Timing stinks. But, um, Gabe, back to your point... Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes, that is kind of funny uh, how their contracts turned out. Uh, I definitely thought they might have kept Trey, but it's kind of like the Vikings are almost starting over in this draft. Uh, I brought up a couple of fun facts for you before, um, but before we get into that, let's, um, let's go over our mock drafts. So I will let you run down your list first and yep. tell me who you have the Vikings taking. So with the 22nd pick, that's their first pick in the first round. I have them taking Jeff Gladney from TCU, the cornerback. Um, I think he provides that immediate impact that they need at that position. There's not a lot of corners in this draft who can go in right away and be starters. There's maybe about four or five. 
And if in order to get them, you have to get them in either the first or second round. So getting Gladney right there, right off the bat, that's your mo- biggest position that you need to improve on. You can't go anywhere without a cornerback uh, in that division. So getting Gladney. And then second, uh, the second pick, that's at 25. That's only three picks later. I have them getting Cesar Ruiz, who's a center from Michigan. He's considered the best interior lineman in this draft. Now, we don't have – we didn't lose a lot at the offensive line. We just lost our right guard. I am very concerned about this offensive line. We've been talking about it all week, how our offensive line is, can be shaky. Even though they're still intact, it's a shaky offensive line. We're a run-first team with a shaky offensive line. You saw what the 49ers can do, can do with a run-first team with a great offensive line. With our philosophy, we need to bolster that offensive line. It needs to be the best part of our offense. A lot of people want us to get a receiver. I say we get an offensive lineman. We're not a throwing team. We're a running team. We, we need a good offensive line. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Who do you got in the second round? Second round is what I would is is a far um, is quite a ways that we have a thirty three pick gap. So I uh, I went with KJ Hamler, the receiver from Penn State. Uh, by then, most of the receivers that we would love to have have been drafted. KJ Hamler's a guy who is going to be an explosive. Uh, he's an explosive athlete. He definitely give you an immediate impact at the slot we need help at everything we really need help at all the skill positions and kj hamlin's just a guy at a skill position can play right away i think he's he's definitely somebody we should try to get yeah i completely agree hamler a guy out of penn state uh why don't you read off the rest of the list here and then uh i will reveal mine and we'll uh we'll compare notes i think we have a couple that are going to fall intact towards each other, Gabe. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up in the third round, I'm getting Raekwon Davis, uh, the defensive tackle from Alabama, kind of a D tackle, can also probably play D end. Then the next pick at 105, I have them getting Chase Claypool. Love it. That's a compensatory, uh, compensatory pick uh, late in the third round. Chase Claypool is a receiver from Notre Dame. Uh, and then next round, I have them getting Ben Barch, the tackle from St. John's, the D3 school in Minnesota, who beefed up 80 pounds from his freshman year, who was a tight end his freshman year, then playing left tackle in his junior and senior year. Uh, after that, round five, I have safety Kavon Wallace from Clemson. Uh, round six, D end Bryce Dirk, Montana State. Um, round six. Still round six, wide receiver Darnell Mooney from Tulane. I saw him play at West Point this year. Really, really talented player. Um, And then round seven, Levert Hill, cornerback from Michigan. Offensive tackle, Brandon Bowen. And cornerback, Elijah Riley from Army. I really like your picks. Uh, We have one that's exactly the same. We have similar guys with similar skill levels going in in certain spots. So, um, any, uh, my, my first question to you, Gabe, um, do you think, and this is going to be an odd one, 
This is going to be completely out of the blue. Sixth round, you have Bryce Sturt going out of Montana State. They're comparing this guy to Brian Robeson, if you remember who that is. Yeah, right? of course. Oh, uh, he was on, yeah. on Monday Night Football uh, this past week when they were showing the Packers-Vikings game. Do you see him with that potential? I like well, – Brian Robeson went to Texas. This guy's from Montana State, so it's a total, total um, – difference in skill kind of where they come from yeah. but in terms of their motor i think they have a similar motor robinson wasn't maybe the most skilled player but he just had a motor right. um and that's what we need at that position uh it's just somebody who will wreak havoc and with daniel hunter taking the best side of uh the line whoever's the best tackle is gonna have to take daniel hunter um i think we could see that attention going to hunter i think whoever's on the opposite side will see a lot of success well, I, I don't know about the Robeson comparison. That that's <laughs> if we could get a, a Robeson out of him, that'd be great. Uh, I don't know that he's one. He's an all time. He's a very underrated guy in in the Viking world. He learned sure. from he learned from Jared Allen. Gabe, yeah, do you have yeah. any do you have any questions for me that you want to ask? I do. I do have some questions. Let me pull those up real quick. Um, I have some some good questions here. So. Um, the receiver, the questions about the receiver, you know, a lot of the mock drafts I saw, majority of the, the mock drafts had us getting Justin Jefferson or Rieger or, or just a receiver uh, in the first round. I would say 80% of them did. And as a Vikings fan, I know that we've gone that route before. And we did that a few years ago with Laquan Treadwell. That did not work. He didn't start more than three games in a row in any span. He never took off. So do you think we should get a receiver uh, in the first round? So, Gabe, and you're 100% correct. Historically, the Vikings have done a really good job getting wide receivers, mid to late round flyers, guys, um, that really aren't the biggest names out of the combine. This year, it's a deep receiver class, and with the way the media is playing it up, I do think they're going to take one in round one. It's been done in the past, not just Treadwell, Randy Moss. So there's times where it has worked out, but you're right. In recent years, it hasn't worked out. So I'll give you my first uh, round picks right now. I have A.J. Terrell going number 22 overall, the pick from Buffalo, cornerback out of Clemson. But I think they're going to double dip with Clemson and take T. Higgins, number 25 overall. Those two picks within three to four picks of each other. And the reason why is T. Higgins – He's solid size, 6'1", a buck 95. He's a press corner. I'm sorry, A.J. Terrell. We'll go with him first. Press corner with good size. Um, he lacks those ball hawk traits, which that could cap him as like an average future starter, similar to like a Rhodes type of player. Yeah. Uh, but I think they need to get him ASAP in this draft because they need a cornerback bad. Mike Hughes and Holton Hill cannot be holding down the fort yeah. in week one. And you know that better than anyone else. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I actually, that's funny. You said um, T Higgins. I was just talking to my friend who's a Packers fan and he said he wanted the Packers to get T Higgins um, in the first round and getting T Higgins would actually be a great way to deter the Packers from getting him, uh, which isn't a bad idea. If you can get Terrell and Higgins, it's helping you by bolstering your receiving core and preventing the Packers from getting a guy like Higgins um, who really is a nightmare to guard, way more than a lot of the receivers that are on this uh, draft class. 
I agree. Let me run through my full draft and then we'll collaborate. Yeah. So I have T. Higgins, 6'4 guy, good size and a long frame. He scored a touchdown on 20% of his catches at Clemson. Fun fact. He can create separation. The only downside, he has poor release against press coverage. Second round, I have the Vikings taking Ezra Cleveland, but my prediction is that Anthony Harris is going to get traded. They're going to move up in the second and third round and acquire more picks. Basically, why I think this is going to happen, um, I think they got to take higher caliber guys at the offensive line and secondary positions. Riley Reef is 32, and he'll eventually need to be replaced. Um, so I think the Vikings need to get Ezra Cleveland early, an offensive tackle out of Boise State. The Vikings also lost Josh Klein in free agency, so I'll announce who I have replacing him in just a few moments. And the O-line looked really tough at times last year, uh, especially those two tackle positions. More Reef than O'Neal. I thought O'Neal was the better of the two, in my opinion. So I have Ezra Cleveland, third round, number 89, Raekwon Davis, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Why a defensive tackle this early? The Vikings run a 4-3. You start two defensive tackles. He'll come off on passing downs. That's fine. But you need to really get him involved. And I think you can't go wrong with the Bama guy. Terrell Burgess, safety out of Utah, number 105 overall. I really like this guy because he is very flashy. Um, Utah is known for their defensive talent. He has the ability to play nickel. He has great vision and uh, discipline. He does lack in terms of hitting. He's not the best hitter. But to get him right after a 6'6 Raekwon Davis behind a guy who's built like a mountain, those two guys will be great paired up together. Um, in the fourth round, you brought up something earlier this week that was very interesting. You brought up the name Gabriel Davis, wide receiver at a UCF, a guy that you love and can get jump balls. I have the Vikings taking him in the fourth round. So now, see what I'm doing? I'm divvying up with Higgins and now Gabriel Davis out of UCF, another target who will get big plays for you. He can create space and track balls. Only downside about him that you want to keep in mind, he's somewhat predictable in terms of his route running, and his quickness is below average. Fifth round, I have the Vikings finally taking a guard, Shane Lemieux from Oregon. He started all four years at left guard, good power and toughness in the trenches, an experienced player, does his best work with combo blocks and double teams kind of, So I really think he can fit in and replace Klein. Uh, He has a eventual starter tabbed on him, but I think he's certainly an upgrade over Dakota Dozier, the man who's currently penciled in. Dakota Dozier is (laughs) – he was uh, on the the Jets for his first four years. He was. only five games. Uh, He played left tackle all through college, and now he's a guard. He's he's not going to be our starting right guard. I guarantee you that. He's certainly not. Um, Yeah, he's not a good player at this NFL level. Sixth round. Pick 201, Reggie Robinson the third cornerback out of Tulsa. There's your second uh, cornerback, Gabe. He led the team with four picks this past year. He's a redshirt senior out of uh, Tulsa, so he's an experienced guy. Blocked a kick in each of his first uh, – in all four of his collegiate seasons, actually, something that not many players can say that they've done. He's a good striker, but he's unable to make up ground if he gets too far behind. Uh, just a heads up there. I have Jalen Elliott, safety out of Notre Dame in the sixth round. Uh, Potential special teams guy with decent depth. He can learn under Harrison Smith, who grew up in a similar system with the Irish. But Jalen Elliott has a nick for getting exposed in coverage. Three picks in the seventh round. Derek Tuska, defensive end out of North Dakota State. 
one of the most athletic edge rushers at the combine. Look him up. You'll love him. Uh, in, in a 4-3 set, he's great. Hard-nosed player with a high motor. I have them taking Carter Coughlin, a linebacker out of Minnesota, at 249. Good tackler who forces fumbles. He's a local guy from Minnesota because that's where he went to school. Excellent play recognition, high football IQ, good pass rusher. You'll love him. Last pick, might surprise you, I have them taking Jake Luton, quarterback out of Oregon State. And here's the reason why. 6'6 build, redshirt senior. If you're the Vikings, I think you're looking for an upgrade at backup quarterback, in my opinion. An interesting development quarterback and a smart guy who is downside is he can get stuck on wide receivers sometimes. And my honorable mention is fourth rounder Ben Barch. Offensive line, St. John's, Minnesota. Only D3 player at the Combine. And as we mentioned earlier tonight on the show, he eats protein shakes to put on weight. Seven scrambled eggs, grits, cottage cheese, peanut butter, banana, and Gatorade. That is my mock draft. So what are your thoughts on my mock draft, Gabe? Well, I, I loved the um, the mid-rounds, kind of how you dispersed the the logic there with the receiver uh, with the receivers, I like that getting two big receivers um, together is going to create matchup nightmares for defenses. That was really smart. Um, as far as offensive line, um, not sure if that mock is going to give them the offensive line um, boost that they might be looking for immediately. We, in terms of, I don't know, was there an offensive tackle on that mock that you made? I took Ezra Cleveland in the second oh, round. Okay, okay. With my, Shane my Lemieux. Yeah, Ezra no, Cleveland, you're good. I think, I think he would be, um, I think if we could get Ezra Cleveland, that would be excellent. Um, there are a few better tackles if you were willing to get a tackle in the first round. Right. But if you waited to second round, if he fell to the second round where we are, Ezra Cleveland would be huge for us. Um, in terms of interior line, Lemieux, I think, can start over Dozier. I think he can. Um, and then, I mean, all of those picks were good, I think. Did, did you have a corner in there in the first two rounds? I did. I had A.J. Terrell going 22nd overall. Okay, yes, Terrell, yeah. right. Yeah, no, and also... covered all the bases that I was thinking then. Um, I... In terms of safety, that's the only question. Uh, yeah. We get a safety. So I have them taking Terrell Burgess in the third round comp out of Utah, and then yeah. Jalen Elliott, sixth round out of Notre Dame. So I have them taking two safeties. Yeah. Two, uh, two safeties, one yeah. corner, a DT, defensive end, a linebacker. So seven out of my 12 picks for them are defensive guys. I think that would be all of the assistance we kind of are looking for on defense. Um, yeah. Offensively, it's going to be receiver and offensive line. We don't need like I it's funny you said you're we're drafting um a quarterback from Oregon State. Our backup quarterback, we just re-signed Sean Mannion, is from Oregon State. We would have two Oregon State backup quarterbacks at that point, which would be funny. Um but you know, I I liked your mock draft. I could see them going that route with the corner and wide receiver or with the corner and um excuse me. Uh who was the other first-round pick you had there? I had Terrell and the wide receiver, T. Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins, right. I could see us going that route for uh, for many reasons. So I have two final questions for you I'm going to combine into one. Since we've pretty much talked about majority of our bullet points in passing through this, 
Um, okay, first and foremost, eighth-year GM Rick Spielman. You're him going into this draft. Um, he is notorious for nailing day three picks. Examples include Stefan Diggs, Shamar Steven, and Steve Weatherly. Um, which potential day three po- prospect has climbed up your rankings? Are there any good fits for the Vikings? So day three, um, we I was thinking somewhere we could get somebody um, day three. Let me look at my list. I would have to go back to my list. I wanted to get a defensive lineman day three if we could uh, to bolster because I don't think we could get a D um, a D lineman within the first two rounds. Uh, and even the third round, getting Raekwon Davis where we are in the third round would be great. It's not a given. Um, so if we day three, I think it would be Bryce Sterk would be my guy that I would love to get. Yeah. And Kavon Wallace. I forgot to mention Kavon Wallace, safety from Clemson. If we could get him, um, it's real. That would be really good because a Clemson guy's experience. He's played in, uh, with a lot of competition. I think he could translate to the NFL. We've had a lot of luck with secondary guys from Clemson with Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, I would love to see him be on the uh, board at in round five on day three. Kyler Russo shaking his head. I know he likes Kevon Wallace. I have Kevon Wallace actually in my mock. I have him going a little earlier, though. I think you projected him in like the 130 range around where they're picking. I have him going 105 uh, personally yeah. on my mock draft. I think he's that good of a player. But I do agree with yeah. a lot of things that you were saying uh, need-wise. And Gabe, yeah. to answer uh, to answer your question, I do think defensive tackle is more important than defensive end. Raquan Wallace first. Um, I think Bryce Thurk and Derek Tuska for us, our defensive ends we have going in round seven are very similar. I love your Chase uh, Claypool pick. I think yeah. he's the most underrated receiver in the draft. I could see him donning the purple. Any final questions you have for me and the guys here? Uh, I have a few. Mo- I have one more question. Let me look at. Okay. One more question here. Um. Oh, okay. So, Anthony Harris is you know, he, PFF ranked him as the number one free safety in the NFL. Not a lot of yep. people see him as that, but that's what PFF did. They're not always right, but it, it says a lot. They are going to have to trade him, and if in order to trade him. They're going to need to replace him with a safety. And to do that, do you think they should trade up with the Giants or the Browns who are in need of a safety? Do you think a team like the Browns or Giants would be willing to give up their second round pick and swap it with the Vikings second round pick to receive Anthony Harris? I think um, the Giants probably won't be willing to trade down. I think you'll have a better shot with Cleveland, with Anthony Harris. The reason why is because I think there's more of a safety need there than in New York. I mean, they do still need one, but Jabril Peppers is there. I'm not too sure who Cleveland has besides Sendejo. Um, yeah, no, so, Sendejo is, yeah. is not a starter. You know how, you know how he works. Yeah. Um, for, for time purposes here, uh, yeah. any, any last thoughts that you might have? I think this is the draft that the that the Vikings need to win a Super Bowl. Twelve picks that can turn you into a Super Bowl contender. So this is probably their most important draft in in the last decade because it's so influential. And they need they need they just have so many holes. They just need to do this right 
And I, I trust Spielman. I think he'll get the job done. I agree. He's a good GM. And, of course, the Vikings, uh, fun fact, not including undrafted rookie free agents, will have almost 23% of their roster next year being rookies. Gabe, thank you very much for your time, and we'll thank talk you, to you Tom, again Tom, soon. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gabe. Have a good night. Take it easy. That was Gabe Flayton from Cornwall, New York. Um, and next, we're going to get Paul Lombardi on for the last 20 minutes to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm adding, uh, I'm adding Paul as we speak. Sounds sounds good. Um, every team needs to look out for Ben Barch, guys. The dude can ball. Um, Fonz and Paul will be talking about their mock draft for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs have just five picks in this draft. Um, the second round pick being in the trade for D Ford last year, he moves up one spot. Um, and then the chiefs, their first round pick 32nd overall, their second rounder was from San Francisco at 63. Oddly enough, the chiefs, they do move up one spot, third round pick, a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick. Paul Lombardi, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you. Uh, Apologies on my end. We had some technical issues with Wi-Fi here tonight, but we're all here. We're all set. We're ready to go. Paul, you sent us your mock draft this week, and I just want to tell you who I had quick before you and Fonz get into it. Um, This might might surprise some people. I have Zach Bond and Edge out of Wisconsin. I know the Chiefs have a need at linebacker. They have a need at corner as well and the offensive line uh interior in particular maybe a swing tackle but i have uh bond going here uh 12 and a half sacks as a senior high impact and athletic player that i don't think would hurt the chiefs because there's not many holes on their team and i think he has quick hands to punch and play around box um a little tight for an edge rusher but he can be converted into a weak side linebacker potentially yeah my second round pick is Bryce Hall out of Virginia. I think it's a great guy to pick up if you do do cornerback in the second round, if you don't take one in the first. Um, a lot of two-round mocks have the Chiefs taking these two guys. The ones that I looked up, good footwork, long arms, ball skills good against zone. Uh, I think he needs protection over the top, though, when he drops back. So if you can get a better corner than him in round one, um, that's great, but I think this guy is a future uh, starting cornerback as well. Uh, what do you what do you think about those two guys in particular? I mean, I think that that's good. I personally like. I know our biggest needs and what we're going to attack. I think is going to be linebacker, cornerback, and uh, possibly an offensive lineman. Is it going to be the best thing? But I've seen a few edge rushers going in some mock drafts. Um, the bond in that case could be good because especially can be like inserted as an outside linebacker, which could be key. I think that like, I think my big thing is, I think like if one of, I think that they will be scouting a lot with cornerbacks and I think that if Jeff Gladney is on the board, I've seen a lot from him from TCU. He seems like the kind of cornerback fit that the team needs. Right now, our, our cornerbacks are only uh, Rashad Breland and Tarvarius Ward. So we, we just lost Kendall Fuller. So we definitely need some depth in that in that area, I think, especially. But linebackers, edge rushers, you know, those can all be on the table, I think, in the first or second round pick, uh, depending on who they think is a good target, I guess. Yeah, I think it, 
comes down to like what trades or stuff happened in front of them too. But without further ado, Fonz, I'll let you uh, take the sticks over here, right, and so, yep, yep. you guys shoot up. All right. Well, I'll start off with mine. I'll go through all my picks uh, from the first down to the fifth. All right. So first round, thirty second pick overall. I think they're going to go with the running back. I haven't taken Jonathan Taylor. Now I think what, what Pat Mahomes needs. Obviously, he has Tyreek Hill, has Travis Kelsey, Damian Williams isn't that bad of a running back. But I think they need that solid foundation bell cow running back. They did it well with Kareem Hunt. Obviously, he's on the team anymore. So I think Jonathan Taylor would be a great fit for him. Put him behind with Pat Mahomes. That would be a scary offense with the guys I've mentioned before. Second round, I haven't taken Damon Arnett, the cornerback from Ohio State. Obviously, he didn't get a lot of praise like Jeff Okuda, but he was a solid corner in his own right. Definitely can fill the need right away for them. Third round here. Because I'm not sure what they're going to do with Sammy Watkins. There are rumors that they might you know, trade him or let him go. I have him taking Donovan Peoples-Jones, the big-bodied wide receiver from Michigan. Now, they have the speedster in Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, obviously, is a good red zone target tight end. But they should also go for a big-bodied receiver to pair along with Hill as the one and two. So that would be perfect for them. Fourth round, I'm having taking Kenny Willikies, the edge rusher from Michigan State. Uh, 6'4", 255, I believe, had 10 and a half sacks at Michigan State. So I think he definitely can help out there on the defense. And the fifth-round pick, I have taken Brian Cole, the second safety from Texas. I know they have Tyron Matthew, and I think it's Juan Thornhill as the other safety, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously not going to come in to be the starter right away. Could be in the rotation for certain formations. And you know what? Like I said in the other teams, when you get to the fifth or later rounds, uh, you got to go for uh, special teams players. So, yeah, Brian Cole, that would wrap up. Those are the picks I have there. Yeah, I think that that's, that sounds pretty good. I mean, I definitely could see a running back being an aim. One, one reason why I doubt, why I'm personally doubting a running back in the first round is just because uh, we got Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, and Darwin Thompson, both all three of them coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh Darwin, they liked a lot. He was a sixth-round pick last year. Didn't really play much this year. Kind of fell fell behind. Daryl Williams showed some good signs and got hurt for a good portion. And obviously, Damian Williams going to be the number one. But they also just just signed DeAndre Washington from Oakland. So, and he was actually teammates with Patrick Mahomes, I believe, at Texas Tech. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and we we signed him. So we got those four guys. That's why I feel like my. One of my doubts is that running back, but I feel like that at some point in the draft with their five picks, they're definitely going to be looking at a good amount of running backs. Not sure if it's going to be in the first round. I, I personally, I had Jeff Gladney, the cornerback from uh, TCU in the first round. And then uh, my second round pick, I had them taking Lloyd Cushenberry, who is from LSU, the, the guard slash center. I mm-hmm. think it's probably the biggest need on the offensive line because right now our two tackles will have Mitch Schwartz will be back and um, Eric Fisher will be back. So those are probably our two best tackles. I mean, our two best all-around offensive linemen. And then our guards will have Duvernay Tardy, who, who came off of like a very injury-prone season. Uh, we lost Wisniewski, who came up big for us down the stretch last year. And we have Andrew Wiley, and we also have uh, Austin Ryder, who plays center. So I feel like we can upgrade in that sense. I feel like first, second round sounds about good. Um, the third round pick I had linebacker Troy Dye from Oregon. Um, I think that could be a good piece to mix it up. We we have one 
we have one big open spot at linebacker. We got Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens back there, but uh, we lost we lost Reggie Ragland, which was big. And I feel like we could we could definitely use a third, a more reliable one than Dorian O'Daniel or any of those guys that we have on the roster. Definitely going to be looking at linebackers. And then fourth round pick, I have Yasir Durant, who is from Missouri, offensive tackle. He's gotten to. According to you know the research I've done, got into some conduct issues, I think. But apparently, a big talent. Uh, I think Chiefs know a thing or two about conduct issues and learning how to deal with them. So I, I, I feel like a big talent like that, you know, it could be a good risk. You never know. Don't know much about the guy, but uh, I, I mean, I could kind of, I could kind of like that. And then the fifth round pick, I had linebacker Michael Pinkney. From from Miami, I guess another linebacker tied to the depth, mostly, you know. Not 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 bad. Uh, my just the, the thing with the so you had you had a cornerback right? You had Gladney from TCO with the first round. That I mean I, I like him too. They definitely can go that. My just my thing with it, and I, all the running backs you said they are solid guys, but I think you know, like I said, you saw when Pat Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey had Kareem Hunt, that offense was unstoppable. Taylor has the chance to be that bell cow, that guy that can play all three downs. Now he has slacks a little bit in the passing game, but then you have guys like Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams can go out in the backfield too. I also like that uh, Troy Dye selection too. I'm a fan of him too yeah. uh, down in uh, Oregon or up in Oregon, excuse me. I definitely think he can fill the need there at the linebacker spot and could be a solid special teamer if needed. But yeah, no, good uh, good choices there for the Chiefs. I appreciate it. I could, I could definitely see the running back being a name in the first round. I saw J.K. Dobbins a couple times. He's also you know? an option. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, any of the, I think, I think the Chiefs definitely do draft a running back. If not in the first, then maybe, maybe second, third. I definitely think they will address that need. I think at some point, despite them having uh, four running backs on the roster at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, personally, I would love to see them draft a running back. I'd rather see them draft a running back than a cornerback. I think it would be so much more fun with Mahomes to put another young running back back there. Yeah. I've just had a couple of doubts, but I, you know, I would not be disappointed if it was Dobbins or Taylor that they end up taking with thirty second pick. Yeah, and with, with five picks, you know, you kind of you don't have a lot of wiggle room too. You can't do like the, the the fun pick here and there. So I can definitely see that they maybe they won't do that too. Maybe they'll just try to address the needs, the main needs right away at the cornerback, edge rushers, and uh, linebackers. Maybe some specialists uh, here and there. Exactly. And I think especially with, you know, the quarantine and everything that's going on, it's been difficult to kind of get in the minds of GMs and like know what they're thinking before draft time, because mostly it's been like, you know, FaceTime and guys work teams. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of stuff next week. One thing they don't need to draft though is a, is a quarterback, so that's good, too. That's the one that's the one need you guys don't have to worry about. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. Hey, Funs. Uh, I have I have a question for Paul. Quick. Uh, Nineteen of the twenty-two starters returning for Kansas City, right? So it's Wisniewski, Fuller, and Ragland who are not coming back, right? Yeah. Uh, do you think this draft is more about depth rather than getting guys that could be the future of this team? I I definitely think it's more about depth. I think that. I think even if we were to draft a cornerback in the first round, I feel like Breland and Ward are going to be the top two, like going to be the starting two to go into the season, depending on who we get. But I definitely think that it's mostly just depth. 
I think our defensive line's already set. We could use an extra linebacker and really just an extra offensive lineman. But we could, even even though we're returning 19 of 22, I think guys like you know Dorian O'Daniel could step in and become the third linebacker coming to start. You know, I definitely think it's to add on maybe a couple linebackers to back up, maybe a third cornerback, maybe a backup center or a third guard, something like that. But I definitely agree that I definitely think that it's the priority is going to be depth for the most part. 100% agree. Uh, any questions you have for me, Funds, Kyle, James, or any of the guys on uh, anything outside of Kansas City? I know you want to talk about like, Maybe your top five to ten picks of your uh, of your first round. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got well. One question that I got for you guys is that I've been talking uh, like with a few of my friends about this, which is pretty interesting. If Tua never got hurt, would he be the number one pick right now instead of Burrow? What is what are you guys' opinions on that? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent in agreement with that. I think there's no doubt in my mind that he would have been the number one overall pick. And I think I think a lot of teams view him as that. You know, nobody's saying anything negative outside of injury. Everybody knows he has the stuff to be a successful quarterback. It's just if he could produce that on the field consistently for 10, 15 years down the line. I think that's where the big question comes. But if he didn't get injured, especially in this last season, because he had he has had a history with injury, if he didn't have injuries this last season, uh, there could have been an argument, you know, who are the Bengals taking, Tua or Joe Burrow? I think that would have been a legitimate argument, but you know, now obviously with injuries, I mean, I think that argument's kind of thrown out the window, but I do definitely see him being taken in the top five, if not top five, easily top six. I totally agree. That, that's what I think, too. I'm in alignment. Uh, only thing I, I know is obviously the injury, and um, I think he failed the drug test for, uh, not a drug test, sorry, he failed the physical for one of the teams at the combine in the top ten, so... I don't know which team it was. I don't know how serious it'll be, if it'll affect them. Probably not, but I'm yeah, in alignment no, he'll with still that. Go. He'll still go in the top top six, if anything. But yeah. yeah. No, the, the, the injury thing could be a problem. It's uh, I think if a team or someone, whoever drafts him, they're going to have to know that he's not going to play until 2021, especially if you want a guy being there for 10, 15 years, you want to keep him healthy, so you don't want to rush him in there right away. Like a team like Miami gets drafted there, can play, can have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Rosen, uh, play it out for the year, maybe trade Rosen for some draft picks for something, and then play Tua in 2021. Yeah, I, do. I can definitely see that. What else do you got, Paul? I also got um, when, another question I got for you guys is, uh, can the Redskins afford to take a chance on drafting Tua at number two, skipping out on Chase Young, and having Tua and Haskins fight for the job in training camp? Can they afford to do that? Who I, wants to take this one? I'll, I, I'll take it. I I still believe in Dwayne Haskins. I don't. I think when you have a guy like Chase Young at your at your fingertips, because you would think, oh, he's the guaranteed number one, but Bengals won't take him. You got to take him right there. Build him up with that front seven. That's going to be a scary front seven with him, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Matt Iadonis, uh, Montez Sweat, just to name the few of the guys there. You draft Tua. Uh, number two or whatever, you're going to create a lot of controversy there. I don't just something that I think the Redskins need a lot more help outside of that. I definitely need to kind of wait out what Haskins, give it another year and see what happens. I don't think I think you should avoid Tua for now. Get the best player in Young, build up that defense, 
and then maybe a year from year after, if Dwayne Haskins is causing some problems or if he's like not producing where you want him to, then you maybe go for a quarterback at that point. But no, I think you avoid Tua this year. I'm going to have to agree with that just because Chase Young is just seen as this perennial type of player, instant fit on a defense, could easily carry the team on his back. On top of the fact that with Haskins, I think he got, and I was a big fan of Haskins. I wanted him over Daniel Jones. Obviously, we saw the outcome of that. But you got to remember, Dwayne Haskins was probably put one, into one of the worst situations in all of football last year. Jay Gruden, I think we could all agree, is a terrible coach. I think Ron Rivera is going to handle that a lot better. Uh, having Jack Del Rio as the defensive coordinator is going to, I think that really is where the standpoint is going on defense in the first round. And I think that's really going to help them as well. And, you know, I, I don't, again, with Tua, if it wasn't for injury, I think there'd be more of the debate. But I think with injury, it kind of seals the deal on it, being yeah. Chase Young. Agreed. Paul, any uh, any last questions you might have? Um, no, I think I uh, oh, one Giants related question I got uh, for the, what do you think specifically is the bigger need, defense or offensive line going into the draft? So I mean I think Russo and James are in agreement with me. I think Fonz is not. Um, I think the Giants need a commander-in-chief on defense. They have uh-huh. Jones Barkley on offense. They don't have one on defense right now. When you look at the top guys, it's Jabril Peppers. It's Leonard Williams. Not even. It's Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, these young guys. They need somebody that can be a playmaker. Um, if they draft an OT at four, I think Gettleman should be on his way out. If they draft an OT, I think it'll come via a trade back. I think Simmons is a jack of all trades. Uh, James, what do you think? Yeah, no, we need that defensive help. Uh, no questions asked. Like Tom was saying, we got Barkley, we got uh, Daniel Jones, we even got Golden Tate on the offensive side. But really, we don't have anybody big-named or someone to actually like step up and fill a role for at least a full game you know you hear these guys names but you don't hear a solid key guy throughout a whole game getting called peppers with the hit peppers with it you know you know um so in that sense we need somebody that the announcers will be calling five to six times if not more a game let alone not one game but every other game i just think that i think you need a guy that could get to the quarterback and i don't i can't I look at this Giants defense, and I can't scratch in five sacks for any of these guys if you were really to, to ask me about it. I really can't say it, and I think that you need that defensive stopper in uh, Isaiah Simmons, a guy who's going to be all over the football field. Yeah, I definitely get that. All right, Paul. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, let you go about uh, anything, your mock draft, anything uh, you want to address? Uh, not really too many. Just excited for next week, finally get something interesting to watch again. And, you know, <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. I think there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be a good amount of surprises too. It's going to be, uh, we'll label it as interesting work. For definitely <laughs> interesting work. This is uh, Paul Lombardi, our guest, the uh, super fan of the Super Bowl reigning Kansas City Chiefs. Paul, thank you very much. We'll talk again more about your mock and stuff after the draft is over. And we hope you have a great night. Thank you. Have a great night, too, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul. That was Paul Lombardi from Stanford, Connecticut. Guys, we have to wrap up the show now. 
Great job tonight with the mock drafts. You really appreciate it. Giants, Jets, Chiefs, Vikings, Ravens, all around. Great stuff. Uh, next week, we're going to do more coverage. We'll give live coverage of the draft next Friday night. We'll talk Green Bay Packers a little bit. We'll, we'll also talk about the Bengals and what they might do and see where the Giants and all these teams we talked about tonight stand uh, as of next week. Final thoughts. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. Our second uh, OBS broadcasting, I think little hiccups here and there, but we did very well. And the mock drafts are always fun. I'm a sucker for mock drafts. So what, what oh, more? we know. I, yeah, you, <laughs> you guys know. I love mock drafts. And when you know we were saying that, I'll be like, yep, I'll do one for the Giants. I'll do one for the Ravens and the Giants. Got some good stuff. We'll be looking forward to seeing who goes where outside of the top two because we kind of know where. Maybe even top three, we kind of know where they're going. But after that, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see what your we'll see what your New York football giants do with Dave Gettleman. See if what uh let's see what what comedic thing Dave Gettleman's gonna do because let's be real something's gonna happen with Dave. I mean really. Listen, <laughs> it's his it's, computer's gonna crash or something. It's listen, it's gonna be the he's gonna look at that giant book, not be able to find the page of which the player he wants to draft upon. But no, in all seriousness, <laughs> it's Isaiah Simmons or trade back in my personal opinion. Anything else but that is is not okay with me. It really isn't. I have nothing against these offensive linemen. It's the fact that you could get them later in the top 10, so why not trade back? Yeah, I completely agree. All right, guys, it's time to end it. James, thank you very much for timekeeping tonight. Fonz, thank you very much for being the catalyst when I I lagged out there for a couple minutes. But on behalf of Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you a good evening. You've been watching Review and Preview here on Facebook Live. Good night, everyone.